This is Andrew McLean, creator of Headlopper and Apocalyptic Girl. You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. it on the first try See, yeah, i'm excited yeah, yeah, we, have, we, have, we have a great guest that's pretty good uh and of course yeah we do the she's got the whole riff thing with the music and whatnot but um did uh were you did um were you able to uh get a better deal on that kennedy piece yet or it's still in progress no i was yes sweet I, I'm, I'm i'm baffled given the person selling it seriously that's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome what piece, wait what piece is this what piece is uh, this there's a um there's a an x-force uh piece that eric Kennedy did years ago oh yeah yeah so he posted it on the on the uh yeah the patreon yeah yeah every now and then i'll go to the essential page and i'll look around and like you know, and I'll, I'll see, I'll see different things. And I always see that one. And I'm like, God damn, this is belongs in my, in my portfolio. And then I see the price and I'm like, yeah, but you know, like, I mean, let's be honest. I, I all right. I bought a Kennedy piece three weeks ago and, and that was my 10th. So I have 10 Kennedy pieces. So it's not like, it's not like this is like some burning hole in my, in my, no, right, right, right. so I'm like, I'm always seeing it. I'm like, damn. And you know, it's one of those things where you know, artists uh, like rep, like a rep like Felix doesn't have inventory, you know, to his credit. I mean, he, he just like, if you don't get it when he puts it up, you're probably not going to get it. You know, chances are, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, most of the other reps, even, even great reps like, like Jason and, and, and Paolo and stuff, you know, they, like they have inventory. I mean, and, and stuff sits. And so every now and then they'll do the sales and Jason's doing a sale right now and 20% mm-hmm. off for a lot of the artists. So I went and it's like, let me take a look, you know, and I'm like, I'm pretty familiar with what they have, but let me just take a take double check. And I saw the X-Force thing and I'm like, man, I'm like, I mean, 20% off is cool for sure, but I'm still like, this piece has been on the site for at least three years, if not longer, you know? And I'm like, right. so I, I, so I, I often chatted with Jason. So I, I hit him up and I said, I, I know, listen, you know, I know you don't, you know, you're not much for the bargaining or whatnot. And, and I, you know, and I, I never ask for you for bargains, but, but, uh, you know, would you consider taking an offer on, on, on this particular piece? And he was like, yeah, what's, what, what do you would think? What are you thinking? And I threw a number out and he, and he was like, yeah, that's cool. He's like, you know, wow. he's like, it's, uh, he's like that. He's like, yeah, I'll do that for you. He's like, it's, uh, He's like, it's certain. I can't. He's like, I certainly can't say you haven't earned it. So you know. So I'm like, all right, all right, cool. So yeah, I mean, um, I'm happy. I mean, uh, I could tell you guys non-bonus content off air what I paid because I don't want to. You know, I again, he's not one for no, giving yeah. the discounts. But no, I'm happy. I'm totally happy, and you know, it's gonna look great awesome. next to my other ten Kennedys. <laughs> <laughs> the the Kennedy wing at the house. Like, 
What's that? It's like it's like once you get an artist like multiple times, it's not the same feeling as the first time you get an artist uh, commission or art. It's, it's not, not the same. You know, it's, it's weird. I mean, th- there are certain artists that I seemingly have an endless appetite for. Uh, certainly Scalera, certainly Kennedy. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I agree. I, I, and yet I, because it's a true addiction, I doesn't stop me from getting multiple pieces from artists. I, but I'm generally with you. I, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I have multiple pieces from artists too, but it's nothing like the first time you get a piece from a new artist or, or, or better yet, uh, a le- like your Alan Davis piece. That's, that's just amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that piece and, and that's that felt like great karma because he had a list uh, at the start of the pandemic, as did Walt Simonson. And I passed on both because they were both two thousand dollars. And I thought that's ridiculous for a commission. Like, that's just absurd. And like, what am I like? That's you know, I can't do that. And then, like with everything, I I, I had immediate buyer's remorse because I'm thinking or non buyer's mm-hmm. remorse. because I'm thinking, but wait a minute, like. Think of all the art you've bought in the last yeah. bunch of mm-hmm. months. And and the total value of that, and then think about the fact that in both of those guys' cases, they don't do commissions like this. Because first of all, Simonson never does commissions. But then while Alan yeah. does commissions at cons, he always does head sketches, and he never does full figures. And this because of the pandemic, he was inking himself, which he never does. So I'm like, you're an asshole. I'm like, you should have got those two pieces and not 20 of the ones you got. And you'd feel so much more excited to look at these and know that you have them than the other 20. And so I was mad at myself, punched myself in the dick. And then, and then fortunately, at least the, the Alan Davis ones went so well that he took another list because the pandemic obviously didn't end. And I jumped at the chance and, and to his reps credit, his rep had reached out, reached out to me proactively and said, Hey, I, I know you expressed regret in not getting on the first list. So are you in? And uh, I was hoping upon hope that Simonson would do a second list, but I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen any indication that he's planning on it, but, uh, but yeah, but to your point, I mean, then I get the piece and it's so great and I love it. And I'm like, man, I, I would trade a hundred of pieces in my collection for this, you know? So it's like, I really, I have tried to make a commitment. Um, and I say try, cause I'll probably fail miserably at, uh, you know, at, 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 at focusing more on, on not grail pieces per se, but just, just bigger, more meaningful pieces, you know, that'll actually stand out in my mind on my collection at this point. Cause you know, I have a lot of stuff that I'm happy when I see it, but I often don't even remember that I have it unless I, you know, unless I actively am looking through it. So it's, I want, to, I want pieces now that'll, that'll come to mind as soon as I think about my art collection. No, I you're totally agree. Especially those two. You've been better at that. Like you, you, I said, you're very good at that. Like you, you, you know, you're not, you're not going to go into a con and get 50 pieces like my idiot self, but you, but you're going to, you're going to get, you know, five, six pieces and they're all going to be jaw droppers. Like you, you, you're more willing to, you've been more willing to spend for the bigger tickets. Yes, I have. I, I have. Yeah. But, but then, then to your point, once you spend a bigger ticket, then you, you, you get fewer pieces, but sometimes, uh, you know, there's certain artists in, um, and I was trying to focus on the original art, like pages, I mean, actual pages, but those are harder to come by, especially in this market. Good pages is very hard to come by. Commissions is easier. And also the commissions, you like, you get the character you want, you know, and so it's pricey sometimes, but you, I, you know, my hunt right now is to get art from artists that I don't have anything from. Sure. Uh, and that's harder to come by because some of these artists, the reason why I don't have art is one, they're still very expensive. And two, they don't do commissions to your point, right? Um, some of these artists don't. And, and, and you know, 
God forbid now that all this artist is doing digital work now. I mean, it breaks my heart every time I hear that they did it in digital. I know. It just breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I oh. think we got plenty of okay. art bonus content, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to make sure I. Uh... Or throw it in, man. Let's caution the wind. It could just be a long intro. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, you know, because hey, I. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, people will take what they'll take. That's right. Because th- we got the comic talk out of the way with the OA. And, and now we can actually get into. Uh, the nitty gritty, but first, welcome to Living Clock Comics episode seven forty seven. Um, that's right, that's right. Uh, we're flying in at you, and uh, you already can tell that we're flying without a pilot because Vince is away, and um, so apologies in advance or during. But I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and of course, I am Prometheus. <laughs> no, although there are so many Prometheuses you could be, uh, you are not Prometheus, you are Jason Wood. That is true, and and, and although we don't have our normal captain and third chair member uh, tonight, uh, we do have, of course... A third person in the third chair, uh, our our good friend, longtime supporter of the show, and making a return appearance on the show. I might add, is this uh, the first time he's on with you, no. Jason? Oh, with me? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I thought so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our good friend Hassan. Yay! Hey, welcome, buddy. Have me, guys. Oh, Thank you, man. I'm so excited. Nice. By the way, Dap, I, in honor of this episode, I chose my intro, but I also chose Prometheus because Holden and I, for some reason, we hadn't done it in like a year at least. He was like, oh, I know why. Uh, we were going to watch, he and I watched the Lego Master show together, but it, it wasn't on this week for some reason, probably you know, some other preempted or something. So he was like, oh, well, why don't we watch Arrow? And I'm like, oh, oh. so and like it had been so long. Like we don't, I didn't even remember where we were, but you know, luckily with the streaming that, you know, you, you cues you up right, whatever episode you're at. So we're in the very beginnings. Well, probably like a third of the way through season five. And of course the villain that's, well, their villain, one of the main villains of that season is Prometheus. <laughs> and, uh, and, yes, then, yes, and then, yes. and then vigilante, vigilante as well. Yes. So, yeah, uh, yes. That Vigilante was such a tease. It was such... Oh, my God. I don't know if I ever forgive him. Wait, why? It it uh, it wasn't Adrian Chase. It was... They they they, they swerved us. Well, because Adrian yeah. Chase is Prometheus, right? In the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. switched it up, okay. right? Adrian yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. In the comics, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, but Adrian Chase is Prometheus in the TV show. Spoilers, yeah. by the way, if you haven't watched the show, <laughs> yeah. Um, three years it's ago. Like, like, it's like six or seven years old now at this yeah. point. But, um, but, but, yeah, but, but Vigilante is in the show that yes. season, which is which weird. Is great. It's kind of a, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty good oh, yeah. costume for Vigilante, I thought. Like, it, 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 because it, I'm not really that well versed in that part of the DC lore, and I immediately recognized it as Vigilante, yep. the costume. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Perez Perez knocked that out of the park. Yeah, um, that's just an iconic uh, outfit. I mean, that's just so. Yeah, it's it's like it's kind of like Snake Eyes esque, or like it's got that that, yeah, that like yeah. Firefly Phantom X kind of genre with the mask. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll ask our guest first. What are you drinking tonight, sir? 
Well, I, I'm getting, I'm drinking two large cup, cups of coffee from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. No, I'm drinking uh, Whistle Pig Rye Whiskey oh. uh, uh, with a big cube of ice. I'm starting out with that. And then I have a beer next to me from Aslan Beer Company, which is a local brewery in Virginia. It's a New Zealand Pilsner that I'm going to open up once I'm finished uh, drinking this uh, whiskey. Nice. Fantastic. What about you, Bill? Yeah, so uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm switching things up tonight in honor of Hassan, so I'm going to, I am drinking with y'all. I have a, uh, a, a robust pour of, uh, of a wine, uh, new to me, uh, wifey brought it home. Uh, you, you've all um, heard me mention Close de, de la Siete many times. This is Close to Argentine. Uh, it's 2017 red blend called the Grand Court, C-O-R-T-E, Reserve. And uh, it's amazing. And I will, I will, since I can't say it better, I will tell you what Wine Enthusiast has to say about it. Ripe berry, cherry, and plum aromas offer an enticing hint of sweet cookie dough. But there's nothing shy about the palate, which hammers it first before calming. Blackberry, savory notes, and chocolatey oak flavors offset the wine's natural piercing intensity. It's very good. It's a 92 rating, too, if people are wondering. Okay. That sounds good. We've been, we've been pretty good with the, with the low 90s lately. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's yeah. been a good run. Yeah. And you? I, um, I broke out something new. I saw it at the... Um, at the liquor store, and uh, it's the weirdest looking bottle, the weirdest looking label. It's uh, it's Clyde Mays, M A Y apostrophe S, because it's his straight bourbon whiskey, carefully crafted. The label, it's not a mess, but it's just it's he his, his uh, there's a photo of him uh, in in like a red shaded monochrome. There's a pastiche of some photos in the background. The ninety two proof. It's kind of like looks like it's just thrown on the label, it, and, and the label's got a nice feel to it too, but like tacky. But yeah, and it's uh, this is my first time trying it. I checked with um, with Mario. He has a bottle at home. It's unopened, but he's heard good things, and I can tell him uh, those good things are deserved because this is this is pretty tasty. I don't think I'm going to get too far into this bottle because it tastes strong in a good way. It tastes strong. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad I picked it up. I, I can definitely see me, uh, getting another bottle soonish, but yeah, so that's, that's my drink for tonight. And tonight is fittingly sponsored, brought to you by our beautiful patrons, um, mm-hmm. because this episode is in part, uh, well, 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 the patrons, specifically the slackers, are contributing. Um, the episode right. is, if you saw the album art, is is all about um, TV. It, we, you know, as as Jason said in uh, on the Slack when 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 he teased everybody, um, Vince isn't unless we're talking about YouTube TV. Vince really doesn't have much to contribute <laughs> when it comes to. Uh, <laughs> streaming or or broadcast or cable television, so we figured you know Jason and I have some things to catch up on, and uh, while while Vince is away, 
we're going to play. So we grabbed Hassan because my man, aside from having excellent taste in art and comics, he's watched a lot of TV as we have over the years. And uh, I think we could have a pretty fun conversation. Jason threw out some things to the Slackers, which he'll tell you about. But I think overall, we're just going to have a lot of fun going down memory lane, talking about um, things that just are near and dear to us. And uh, we're going to have fun with it. So let's just have that fun. For sure. And let me just say that uh, I'm always happy when we get robust participation. But dang, like, <laughs> I, I, if, if we got as many passionate, uh, in, in, if, we, if we had as much passionate involvement in this topic that we got this week on television as, as we do the 11 o'clockers, uh, oh my we might God. get that show telecast. I, I, I mean, uh, it would be yeah, a multi part episode. You would think we don't talk. You would think the show wasn't focused on comic books, with the way that uh, I, I was joking, half joking. We should we should start like twelve o'clock television after do eleven o'clock comic. <laughs> yes, right, yeah. Because uh, yeah, um, but it makes sense, right? I mean, especially people our generation, we're we're the for better or for worse. We were you know we all worry about our kids with the screen time, but but we were. It's ironic because our generation, our parents said that we were going to turn into mush because we were latchkey exactly. kids and, yep. and we and we watched TV nonstop, the boob tube generation, and. Uh, there's definitely some truth to that, you know. Um, uh, it 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 can sort of like boggle your mind when you think about. Uh, certainly, this week doing this exercise, I, I it's just it is kind of stunning when you think about how many different television shows in our forty plus years each of our lives that we've watched. I mean, I, I mean, like it's got to be in the high hundreds, right? If not, like I mean, thousands. I mean, just in terms of. Like if you just think about each each niche or, or category that you could have come up with a list for, the the litany of 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 shows in each of those that we've seen is is incredible, right? I mean, it just kind of piles oh. up over over your life. It's just it's incredible. I mean, I think it's also like I you know we're J, J, uh, Dave and I were talking about this. We weren't like where Dave and I were athletes, right? And so we just all we did when we came home was watch TV. Yeah. Before we did homework, right? Yeah, same. And yeah. or we play with friends, and and so you just like TV was in some cases your babysitter because back when you know we're we're all older generation where it was okay for kids to be home by themselves, and as long as the TV was on, you're fine. You didn't worry about anything, uh, and that's what we did. And it's also a way to bond with the family. I hate to say this, but I bonded with my brother, my sister, my mom more by watching TV than anything else. And so TV, especially when I was younger, was just a part of life. And, you know, I guess, you know, five decades of watching TV is going to finally pay off with this episode. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, this is what you were all waiting for. This is That's right. all leading to this. Yes. Yeah, so, so the way yes. we're going to do it tonight is uh, the, the main kernel of the show will be we've each taken time, done some homework, and prepared our... Uh, you all love you all love when we do list shows. So we're going to give you a list show. We're going to do we're going to count down our five all time favorite TV shows. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, we each have a list, and uh, that will be the uh, you know sort of the main layer of the show. But since this may be the only time we ever get to focus on TV, because because Vince is mean and he's he's the showrunner. Not just kidding, he's not mean, but he is the showrunner. Uh, we're going to kind of let the conversation take us where where it goes. We all have lots of, I'm sure, honorable mentions and and genre I picks, and we did ask the patrons who rose to the occasion for their choices in in not only their favorite show of all time, but different genres like comic related and 
cartoon and sci-fi, things that are geeky. You know, we kept it kind of geeky. Um, but um, And then they also were cool enough to throw us a number of interesting conversation starter questions related to the boob tube. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably, we'll do like, we'll, we'll do our fives, then we'll, we'll have a, a side pocket chat and we'll do the fours and so forth and so on until, uh, until y'all get, uh, get the payoff. Excellent. Cool. All right. So, so, um, well, let's let our guests start. We'll start with, uh, with your number five and, and let me ask, um, you know, we all have our own process here. How hard was it? to winnow a, a top five down for you? Oh, it was extremely difficult. Uh, I, I think I, uh, I had to go back and forth. Like, uh, and yeah. also, I think this, uh, the patrons on Slack helped me out because there were some shows I totally forgot about. Like, oh, yeah, that, that reminded me. And then I was really, like, really challenged with my number one. And then once we decide we're going to do the top five, I'm like, okay, that's easy. That's easy. Because, yeah, it's number two now. But, you know, a week from now, maybe I move things around. But mm-hmm. it was hard to come up with my top five. Uh, and it was just hard. And I was thinking about uh, it's a mix of quality, like what shows I thought was really quality programs, mm-hmm. plus also something that meant something to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I feel, the, again, this is favorite. Um, and I, uh, the rules of thumb too is I had to watch the show more than once because oh, okay. it's kind of like, uh, yeah, because here's the reason I say that if I only watch the show once, it's kind of like movies and, uh, and I know we're not talking about movies, but there's certain movies where I see the first time I'm like, Oh, I really liked it. Like throw ran And then I see it again. I'm like, eh, was it as good as I thought it was, you mm. know? So I think seeing it more than once, and not the whole series, this, I don't have that much free time, but at least seeing some of the episodes, and I, rem- I go, yeah, it's still very quality. It's kind of what I remember. That makes it on my list. So all these shows I have watched most of the episodes, most of the seasons, and then I have at least gone back and watched a few episodes recently over the past two, three years, and I go, yeah, this still holds up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's okay. So, so that's good to know that that, that you are like Dap and that you put you 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 imposed extra rules onto yourself, which is fine. So, before you give your list, your five, then uh, your t- your number five, what Dap? Why don't you then, Mister Self-Imposed Rule Maker, uh, explain the uh, parameters you put upon yourself? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's similar to the O'Claskers, uh, like when it comes to limited series, um, the bulk of it, or at least it should have ended in that year we're discussing. Uh, if your limited series premiered in November, uh, two issues, and it's a 12-issue series, I, I can't I can't consider that a best anything yet. But for TV, I decided that um, there are still some great shows that I'm currently watching that are still on air. So, But there were some shows that I used to watch that are since over that kind of screwed the pooch towards the end. And I'm looking at you, Seinfeld, and looking at you, Friends, uh, so, you know, I don't know if billions might fuck something up towards the end or Fargo mm-hmm. or the Mandalorian, you know, like I doubt it, but still as great as Mandalorian is, and it should be a top five sci-fi show for everybody. I can't, when I think about everything else I've watched over the years and what, um, why it's a favorite or what makes it a favorite and why I still think about it, why, why I recall it so fondly, 
I'm looking at the whole thing, and that ha that, that includes consistency. Um, where 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 I was at the time, and, and and a whole bunch of other factors. But my thing is, it's it's a show that has since ended, not necessarily canceled, but it, it reached a conclusion. It's no longer airing. It's 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 not a current running television show. So so my, I I mean I have my list that are shows that aren't eligible. Like Star Trek Discovery would absolutely be on my list. And if it was just judging it on the first season, hands down, without a doubt, the third season took it in a completely different direction, which I adore. But it it, it changed a little bit, even though the the the, the tone is still there. But I, I mm -hmm. so I just I don't think it's fair when I think of everything else I've watched over the years. Uh, you know, that includes like, you know, Rick and Morty. And I'm just, you know, naming things that mm -hmm. aren't eligible, but it, it's, uh, yes. So, so it, it's, whether it's one season or eight seasons, it's, it's concluded, it's completed. You can, you can buy the box set and watch mm -hmm. the whole thing. That's that. So, so that's my, that's my self-imposed rule. Right. Um, and that's, and that's basically kind of, uh, sure. Where I land. Yeah, I I uh, I didn't impose any such rules. You two are too stiff. You're you're you uh, you you put too many walls up. I don't I don't put walls. I break them down. Um, so, but that being said, I mean, looking at my list, I I I think I, you guys won't cringe because my list, at least my proper list, is all shows that have ended and I have seen more than once. So, uh, so you'll all be happy. But they, well, I didn't go in with that as a plan. I will say, the 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 show being over. Um, I understand you putting that parameter in place. I couldn't do that um, mainly because not not that I think it really affected me and my list as much, but I was thinking, um, especially as I looked at the 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 uh, submissions from our 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 Slack crew. Um, you know, what do you do with a show like The Simpsons that's still going on, but there's been 26 <laughs> years of it? I mean, I I don't think I can I can fault someone for having it on their list i mean it's, i think they, they the show is what it is by this point right i, I or or, well, or similar, i don't think it's ever gonna end <laughs> yeah or like or like my you know my 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 wife my wife loves Grey's anatomy and, and that's you know it's what's i think it's yeah, like it's yeah, 16th yeah. year so it's like i can't i can't kill you if you've watched a show and loved it for 16 years i i it's okay i think to put it on the list but uh, if, you're right and, and yeah, yeah. If, if 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 the simpsons if when you think of everything else someone may have watched and and the simpsons is on their list right it's it it's absolutely valid it's logical yeah. i i don't i mean personally i feel maybe the show kind of peaked but obviously since i'm not sure. watching it right now and everybody okay, else right? still like, is oh like absolutely I, I think it was tyler i have to look but i think tyler said for him it was i think seasons three through seven or something of the simpsons and that's okay too like a chunk of it um no, and, and for me the, the only parameter i put in that kind of was like that is there are a few shows that either didn't rank as high as people probably think they will for me or didn't make a list because they ended abruptly like before their time i think um like mm -hmm. main, main i mean the, the one probably the the most egregious for me was deadly class like i i'm never going to get over only having one season of that and 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 it also is colored by the fact that we know very directly because we had on the show about it uh you know the creator rick it meant like it crushed him that it was only one season and the actors wanted it to be more than one season and they tried to get it to move to streaming and i just and and, and with timing being so much of this if if honestly if the show came out a year later it probably would have then moved to streaming because now we're at a point where there's 27 streaming networks all dying for content and so i i even though I loved that, like I couldn't put Deadly Class on my list of favorite comic-related shows because 
it, it it's not a favorite to me because it breaks my heart. Like it's it's it was it was just the first start of what should be a lot longer. So I, I didn't do I I removed shows that I thought ended too abruptly, uh, the, or or at least I felt ended before they were supposed to end. Uh, and that, that okay, that's yeah. that that actually. That like there's a show that may be on your list that I'm sure a lot of people assume is on my list that isn't in my top five because it, I felt it. I, I think it ended too abruptly. Okay. Mm. I mean, so. there's there, there's a question I have that I'll pose to you guys later and in the slat and, and everybody can chime in after they hear the episode. Uh, that that may actually that deadly class could have would be a very logical answer for this question. I was that that's true. Except I didn't put in that question you're talking about actually. Um, I didn't put it in the notes for that I sent you guys, but it expl- it explicitly said, "Wood, you can't pick Deadly Class." <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so he prefaced that, but okay, uh, yeah. So let's get back on track. Uh, number five favorite show of all time, starting with Hassan. Okay, well, mine is a crime show about a U.S. marshal who goes back home to Kentucky. To deal with an old friend of his child, and he has to deal with his old friend, yeah, you know, old friend from childhood, who's now again a crime boss. Of course, I'm talking about Justified. Um, I love this show. I actually, it's one of the shows that I, I watched completely uh, twice. Um, the second time during uh, last year, where we're, you know, where we were pretty much bored out of my being stuck at home. Uh, I love the show, the writing, the story were tops, but what made the show for me was the characters. You got Raylan, who's the marsher. You got Boyd, who's the best villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Ava, Renoa. You got Dickie, uh, Wynn Duffy. Uh, I, I don't know. You got, I know David watched uh, the show, but I mean, there's so many great characters, and it was just, it's a Western. It's actually also a, a, a modern Western. But it's just just a great show, great chemistry. Um, it wasn't a complicated plot like some other shows uh, that are out there, but it was just fun to watch. It was really good. Um, and let's be honest, Raylan is just too cool, mm-hmm. so cool to watch on TV. You know, he's with the hat, and I mean, and he's always having women problems, which I wish I had those type of women problems. But hey, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was just a good show. It was a great show, and uh, it's one of my favorite uh, shows of all time. Number five, and, and we would be remiss to not acknowledge that uh, it is based on an Elmore Leonard uh, story called "Fire in the Hole." That's yes, uh, yes. He's, All right, yes. Uh, the, the character of 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 Raylan is a, is a recurring character in a number of his works. So, yes. uh, Dap, is that on your list too? It is on my list. It's not number five, okay. but it is on my list. One. I hope it is your number one. It is not my number one. Uh, my number one's been my number one for a while now since I since I saw it. But um, okay, you can, it. no, you can hold off. I just was checking. I, I will say it was. Um, I know we're doing top five, but I, I do happen to have a a top ten down written now just because of the fact that uh, when I was when we agreed to do it this way, I almost like magic. I I had uh, I made a, a top like right off the top of my head list of shows I thought I would consider for this list and uh and, and 10 pretty much were there and it was just a matter like and the more I thought about it the more those 10 stayed and I'm like all right well this is a legit 10 because I haven't kicked any of them off or something else so uh justified was my number 10 
Um, and I will oh, say that cool. I, I will say that it, it, it likely would be higher, honestly, but I haven't rewatched it. And so, like I said, as it look at the names ahead of it, I have rewatched all of those, including a few I rewatched during the pandemic. So it kind of reinforced my love for them. So I'm going to have to pretty soon here rewatch Justified. And if we uh, if we maybe I'll post a, a 2020 uh, 2022 redux and it'll be higher. But uh, but it's an amazing show. It's definitely one of the best of all time. Yeah, I we agree. we, uh, we yeah, are yeah. we are in towards I think we're in the penultimate season right now. Um this is my first time. First, it's my wife's first time watching it. I'm rewatching it. I watched it when it was airing live, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and and I yeah. bought I bought the D. Actually, I think um, Roland sent me a couple of the uh, seasons, but um, I got the rest of them. And so we're making our way through it. Awesome. And and I absolutely yeah. I I, I thought there were parts that um, some things I didn't remember. Uh, a lot of things I did, and it's still absolutely fantastic. Okay. Excellent choice. We. That's what, I knew it was right to have you on the show. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, My number five is uh, is a series that um, I'd love to see more of, and it's a series that I think would make an awesome transition into comic books very easily. You could tell a story with these characters um, and pace it quite nicely on the page. It was a uh, it was a TNT series. It is in syndication these days on a couple different stations, but it is a show called Leverage. Wow, top five, man! I love wow. you. You're going wow. I, this, I mean, the 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 cast was fantastic. Man, it's yes, yeah. it's it's yes, yeah. it's got Timothy yeah. Hutton. Uh, it's got um, it's got uh, um, uh, Aldous Hodge, who's going to be Hawkman. It's uh, who who plays the uh, the hacker. I mean, everybody. It's a fantastic group of characters. They. Uh, it's kind of like an eighteen without the violence, where they're just trying to right some wrongs. They. Uh, they'll if if uh, if if your insurance scam, if your insurance company is scamming people out of their out of their life savings or whatever you're doing that's bad. They're going to come in. Everybody plays their part. You've got the hacker. You've got the thief. You've got the uh, the muscle. Um, and it's just, it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's so well written, so well done. It doesn't feel like, I don't think it ever jumped the shark. Uh, I would, uh, I'd love to see it, um, I'd love to see it make a, a, a comeback. I, I, you know, wouldn't mind seeing a, a movie or two with this cast because it's not something that, uh, it's a type of concept that doesn't really overstay its welcome. It, it's and, and when you have a group of people like that and when you have a cast or, or, or a well-written craft story you you really can't can't go wrong it, it doesn't um you know really at no point did i did i watch an episode and be like well that's that's bullshit like that it's it's not you know super reality based but it it's it's enough it's said enough where these are things that you know the tools that they're using the gimmicks that they're running uh could very easily work in in the real world but it's 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 super enjoyable it's not. Uh, it's not violent. It's not. Um, it's. It's not uh, catered toward adults, more or less. I mean, yeah, there's some, some tension here and there, but it's you know, it's it's kind of fun for the whole family. I I I, I miss the show. I will. Uh, I'll watch it whenever it's on. I didn't think this was going to happen because I thought, well, I mean, there's only so many shows that would be in the running for all time. So we'll be familiar. I, 
I, I remember you watching the show. And like I said, I immediately just said the name. I remember Timothy Hutton being in it, but I have never seen an episode. So do you know if and where it streams? Oh, uh, I know. I think like um, PAX may air it. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's one of those stations. That, but yeah, I know. I know because it's, it, I just. It's better than, I guess it's better than Spectrum or something. Or, oh, uh, you uh, can watch it on Amazon Prime. Okay, okay good. We go. Cool. Oh, okay. All right. okay. All right. Nice. All right. Well, I didn't that, well. that, that five seasons. I didn't realize it was on five. I was seasons. say, Hassan, if yeah. you say this is on your list too, I'm walking out. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Never okay. Nice. Um, my number five. Uh, we got seven glorious seasons of this. 156 episodes. Uh, created by arguably one of the most successful television creators of all time, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, it is a show that uh, I found myself rewatching in the last few years as a mental salve to the reality that we were living in. Uh, this was a show that delved deep into the political world in a way that most of us had never seen before. Uh, showed us a lot about what it meant to run the country back when people ran the country. Uh, and it was centered around a president who is the president that we all desperately crave could have, but we don't deserve. Uh, that of course is the West wing. Uh, the show was so good, uh, for so many reasons. And, and I think the, 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 the main being just this ridiculous cast of characters. I mean, I, I don't know that there's been a show that had as many great actors uh, come through as, as was in this. Of course, Martin Sheen played President Bartlett, but you had John Spencer, Bradley Whitford, Richard Schiff, Rob Lowe, Allison Janney, Dulé Hill before he had, you know, it was his first thing. Elizabeth Moss, it was her first thing. Uh, Janelle Maloney, Stocker Channing, Maura Kelly, Mary McCormick, Jimmy Smits, Alan Alda, Kristen Chenoweth. I mean, it was just so many of these actors and actresses went on to, to, massive things um yeah and i just and then kind of per Hassan's thing rewatching it it was still so good and so gripping and and i just loved each character and i and they had wonderfully wonderful wonderful arcs that paid off and 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 unlike many great shows i thought it ended perfectly um so yeah i just did that that's an all-timer for me the west wing that's a good choice i mean i've seen some of the episodes and never you know watch on a regular basis but i didn't watch like uh some of the episodes and it's a great show and especially to your point the acting the dialogue is just spot on and and i could see watching it again uh, over the past four or five years is uh it makes you feel alert, like a better than what was going oh, on yeah i mean it romanticizes the being the office, I mean, and it's, it's, it look, I mean, and like any TV show, there, it, it, there's some, some absurdities. I mean, right. Like, like at one point, um, Bartlett picks his staunchest Republican. He's a Democrat in the, in the show. He picks a staunch yeah, yeah, yeah. Republican opponent to be his secretary of state, you know, which would never happen in, in, in the real world. But, but that was kind of the charm because, and Bartlett was this, this perfect candidate because he was this Ivy league educated, liberal progressive but he also was a theology major and deeply religious and also was a war hawk like he was he was just this guy that that made 
decisions seemingly in the right at every moment, but but certainly on a real political spectrum would never have had the 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 ability or or um, agency to do so. So uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I just adore that show. But uh, all right, cool. So the, our, to recap, our top our, our number fives were uh, Justified, Leverage, and The West Wing. And it so, does look like sorry to interrupt. Uh, it does look like there is going to be a uh, something called Leverage Redemption, which uh, four of the cast returns for this new series, not including Timothy Hutton. Um, it looks like it was supposed to. They started filming last year and taking precautions uh, into account with the pandemic. So I'm not sure when we may be getting the first episode or the first episodes, but it uh, looks like someone was listening to the fans and, and it is coming back in some shape. Nice. All right. Should we do a question? Let's do a question. Sure. Okay. Um, let's do Chris Stetz asks, are there any previously beloved shows that you revisited and wondered what the F was I thinking? <laughs> um, I mean, I'll jump in. That's happened to me not too frequently, I'm glad to say. But it has happened to me in particular with uh, a number of cartoons that I really loved as a kid because I was a kid mm-hmm. and and I was at the time I didn't know any different but because we've been so spoiled in the last 20 years with just jaw-dropping animation uh, and I'm not a kid anymore so things like long-term plots and B plots and C plots and 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 all that matter to me now um, I, I've struggled with and like a, like 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 Thundercats and 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 a lot of those shows, mask and 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 the sh- the shows that were kind of like, as a little kid, the the whole reason for being, I, I don't think they've made for great rewatches um, for me. I, I think that they've they've and it, it's it's not a condemnation. I think the shows were exactly what they were when I watched them the first time. It's just that I was eight, nine, ten years old, and so God, I, that I makes sense. Focused on oh my God, that new character. I wonder if it's going to be the Toys R Us in the next few months, right? It was. It wasn't. Oh, that's dumb. Why would he do that? He was just doing something different last week. But um, so yeah, that that's so some things don't age well. And I would say for me to um, to a lesser extent because I don't rewatch sitcoms very often, but but sitcoms seem to always be on my TV when I come to bed because my wife falls asleep to them. I, I there are some sitcoms that definitely. I watched every week and adored when they were coming out, but now I don't think are as funny and, and no disrespect because this is on a many people's best of list. I, I think friends is sort of at the top for me. Like I, yeah. I watched friends mm-hmm. every episode. I mean, I don't think I ever missed an episode at least when I, unless I was like traveling and we didn't have a VCR, but, but I mean, I've seen, I'm sure I've seen every episode and saw most of them as, as they were happening and, and loved it. And my wife and I were together at the time and we won't, we watched it, you know, every episode together, and I don't, I, I, I remember it fondly. But when I, I see the reruns now, I, it does feel pretty dated to me, and I, and also pretty, like, uh, white, <laughs> like, right, like yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, no. there's, there's no flavor to it. It's, it's very homogenized, and I, I don't know why I didn't notice or care as it was coming out. Maybe because I was the same age, and so that was enough. I was a, 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 a you know, a, a white aspiring up and comer person in, in the moment too. So I, it was cool, but, but yeah, I, that, 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 and a couple other, the, the 
sitcoms that people would consider their all timers for me haven't haven't held up for me. But 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 that's that's just me. How about you guys? I would say sick. I think you you hit the two points that I was going to make. One is sitcoms. I think have most sitcoms have a timer on them. Yeah. And once they get past a certain decade, they're not the same. And actually, you mentioned Friends. So we're on vacation last week, and we just flipped the channel. Friends was on. And we watch it. I didn't laugh once during the mm-hmm. episode. And I'm like, how did I? I'm like, did I find this funny? This is ridiculous. This is so stupid. And and especially it was towards the end. It was like towards the last half of Friends, which was just like, I think they lost me anyway. Sure. Um, although I watched it, I loved it back then. That's an issue. Uh, so, like sitcoms, a lot of sitcoms don't hold up. Talk about cartoons. So, when they aired Spider Woman on the Disney uh, Plus channel, I was so excited because I remember watching Spider Woman when it first came out. And I thought it was a really cool cartoon. And I watched the first episode uh, on the Disney channel. And I was like, oh my God, this is awful. No wonder it only had one season. It is so bad. Um, and so like, I agree with you about cartoons, uh, sitcoms, but there was a, there's a show that I love when I was a kid, Buck Rogers. And I loved it when I was a kid and this is oh, not yeah. recently. Uh, and, but, but when the sci-fi channel first came out, they started airing repeats of Buck Rogers. And I'm so excited. I'm like, Oh, Buck sure. Rogers, I haven't seen it in a long time. And I started watching it. I'm like, how <laughs> the heck? Did I even enjoy this? Remember Hawk? It is so bad. Yeah, the second season, it's like horrendous. <laughs> like the second season was like horrendous. Yeah. And then the act, Jill Gerard kept getting bigger and bigger during the two seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh yeah. my God, you know? I mean, it does, some stuff does not hold up. And so I think, yes, yes. Oh my God. That's just a horrible, horrible show. And I'm sorry people still love it now, but it does not hold up. It was yeah, definitely for one. kids. Um, but no, I, I totally agree with you about the sitcoms and some sort of cartoons this don't hold up, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. How about you do that? Uh, I mean, for with the sitcoms, yeah, they're they're definitely sitcoms that overstay their welcome. I mean, there are um there are sitcoms that I probably wouldn't have bothered with when I was younger and now for whatever reason they just strike me as hella funny like King of Queens like Mike and Molly and 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 I'll laugh my ass off at those I did at the time laugh at friends um because Channel 4 was one of the channels that came in clear in the apartment so it was one of the shows (laughs) I got to watch so I was able to enjoy that it's not a show that my wife ever enjoyed um and and exactly and and uh I haven't watched a reunion yet I want to but it's they definitely jumped the shark. It definitely went in a direction that 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 I didn't find funny in in the later season. So I, it the first, like the second to fourth season or so. Like there's there's a time where you know it's it's kind of in amber for me and 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 I appreciate it. Uh, but you know my wife will remind me that it's 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 the white living single. It's it's just it's it's not. Uh, it's just that it was on. It was in more homes with a bigger money machine behind it, so more people were aware of it. But mm-hmm. um, for me, what's uncomfortable to watch these days, uh, surprisingly enough, as well done as it is, as 
loved as it may be, it's very hard for me to watch an episode of The Sopranos. Interesting. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I just interesting. And why is that? Just through the violence or the? It's it's it's. Uh, I know people like that. I not 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 necessarily the violence aspect of it. I know the people who are, um, who are derogatory towards others. I, I mean, it, I mean, the whole show is about Italians, and the Italians are going to whether you're Jewish, whether you're black. It doesn't matter sure. if you're not Italian. You're not one of them. It's free reign to talk shit about anybody else. So. Uh, it's uncomfortable to listen to. And, and, you know, yeah, you're supposed to be rooting for Tony Soprano, who is a, a horrible human being. Oh, yeah. He cheats on his true. wife, and he's a mob boss. So, I mean, I get it. It's part of that whole trend at the time where it's just like, you know, you're not supposed to be rooting for Boyd Crowder, but you do, because he's a great character, and he's well-written, and who doesn't love right. Walton Goggins? But but yeah. you do realize that man started as a neo-Nazi, and he's not a good person. He may be good to, to mm-hmm. Ava, but you know, so it's it's, I get it, and and when you have when you have a character like that who is well written, who is, who has flaws, uh, you can kind of root for that person, even though you know you know they're they're they're, they're not good, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's mostly the language, it's the way you know it's the way other people are treated, it's just and and it's because it does kind of, kind of hit close to home to a degree and mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of hard for me to turn my brain off with that that's that's really the only everything else i kind of just i realize it's it's either just oh no one show that is absolutely cringe for me especially there's there's one episode later on in the season uh later on in in the later seasons uh and it's not because of his political beliefs or what a big fucking idiot he is but it's very very hard for me to sit down and try to seriously enjoy an episode of Lois and Clark, even though oh, Terry Hatcher yeah. is yeah, super that, easy that, on the eyes, right. but it's it's. it's yeah, I never really up. watched that it show. It doesn't so. hold up. Yeah, I, I I I did, and and it doesn't hold up. I, I I tried watching it like years ago, even before I realized that he was a douche, <laughs> and uh, Dean Cain, and it doesn't hold up. It, it it is it is not a good show. I know some right, people liked right. it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I watched it at the time. I watched it every Sunday night, and and you know, and and a lot of it made sense. They 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 borrowed from Burn, where Ma and Pa Kent were still alive, and yeah. it made sense to me in the fact that yeah, Superman flies through the air. Of course, he would have the slicked back do. Clark Kent would have the more ruffled hairstyle. Where in the comics, it's the reverse, and and you know, it's just there. There were things that I I I, I appreciated some of the tweaks, but the acting. And John Shea is Lex Luthor, and and the 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 forced the drama or or the just the way some of the you know, the the bad guys and and it was just it was yeah it was it was rough. Yeah, yeah. All right, excellent. So you know what's the worst? Oh, it's the Superboy show. That Superboy show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, there's two All questions right, that are, are, are not identical, but I think kind of invite the same line of thought. So I'll throw this out together. Um, first, the first of the two is from our good friend, DW, Daniel White. Uh, he said, family ties had a huge impact on his understanding of social issues. The parents being very liberal, etc. cetera. Uh, that also made him see the world differently. The show made him laugh, but also thought about things that uh, he was just starting to understand. Are there any programs from your childhood that you watched that also made you see the world differently. So that's question one. 
And then um, question two, which which I think is adjacent enough to to kind of bring it into the same chat, is from Jonathan Wilbur. And he says, what episode of a TV show left a lasting impact on you? Um, is there an episode of a TV show that you can still go back and make you laugh? So um, I, I think that uh, the short answer is yes uh, to, to Jonathan's question. Of course, there are episodes that leave TV episodes that left, left a lasting impact. Um, but I mean... I referenced at the beginning of the show that that our our our, our age cohort were the boob tube generation, and and there is now a, 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 a there's actually a catch-all term now for these kinds of things called very special episodes. But mm-hmm. but the 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 I mean one of the the first ever of those is is really my answer to this one. As soon as I read his question, I thought, oh, and, and that's the bicycle man from Different Strokes. Um, yes, yes. You know, I was eight years old when that came out. That was came out in February of 1983. So I was a whopping eight years old, and, and I watched Different Strokes. I'm sure, like most, like many people, as it was coming yep. out back then, we didn't have. You either watched it as coming out, or you didn't watch it, <laughs> unless it was in reruns years later. Um, and for for the young bucks on around, you didn't know Different Strokes is a very popular sitcom. You probably many of you probably know from Gary Coleman and whatnot, but. Uh, in this particular, every now and then sitcoms, and I assume they still do it, but I don't really, I don't watch sitcoms anymore, but but I, I, I assume they still do it. But back then, every now and then, these shows that were purely meant to la- have us laugh would get serious. And it would be so startling because you expected it to be a funny show. And Bicycle Man was an episode in season five. It was actually a two-parter where Arnold, who was, uh, who was uh, um, you know, one of the kids, in, and, and his friend Dudley, were uh, approached by uh, an, an older man who befriended them at a bike shop. And uh, he was a pedophile. And, like, he had candy. And, like, I remember there was, like, um, like, like cartoon porn. And, like, it was serious, man. And, like, he was a straight-up predator. And, uh, like, there was nothing funny about the episodes. And, and, obviously, it was meant to send a message about... Especially in the '80s, there was this, this I think probably over overabundance of fear about this this stuff happening and uh, stranger danger and the like. But I, I mean, I remember as an eight year old man, it, it freaked me the fuck out. Like I, like I mean, it put me on tilt. Um, and and I definitely think like that, like like that. I don't know, man. Like like you know, for, almost forty years later, I still remember it like it was yesterday. So so that's that's that part. And then to DW's part. I thought it was a really interesting question because I do think we probably don't don't give enough credit to considering how much of our childhoods we spent watching TV, how much it did shape our worldview for the better or for worse, right? In terms of instantiating stereotypes or 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 opening up our eyes to other things. And I think unfortunately most of the time it probably like instantiated stereotypes versus versus helping you open your mind up like especially back mm-hmm. in kids but i will say that um he mentions family ties uh i will say for me i think i owe a non-trivial amount of my not being racist and being very like an early age willing to challenge my family and parents about race to the fact that i grew up adoring uh predominantly black television shows like good times and uh what's happening and that's my mama and stuff like that and 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 i don't know why i watched those instead of all in the family or gilligan's island but for some reason all these things were in reruns 
And we didn't have, you know, this is before we had cable and I would just watch those shows. I mean, I, I watched every episode of what's happening a trillion times and every episode of good times, a trillion times. I don't know why, but those were very different ex- life. They lived very different lives than I lived at, as a kid. And it just, it, it, I think they created a, I don't think I'm over overstating it than what, it, how they created a baseline for me of, appreciating and, and loving black culture in a way that I don't think the average white suburban kid did. Um, Cause I remember as I got older and I would talk about those sitcoms and my friends would be like, what? I don't watch that. Or why you watch that? You know, like, and, and I like to be watching the Brady bunch. I'm like, I don't know. It's, uh, I thought what's happening was cool in the Brady bunch. Um, so I don't know why, like, I don't know why I ended up watching those shows over, over others, but, but, but definitely I think that probably put me on a, a, a better path to being, you know, an open-minded progressive person than, than I might've otherwise been. So. Uh, I wish you could see my notes because I, I actually wrote down good times because I think when I think about shows that have a last impact, it was a show like good times and like you describe it. And I think I was more interested in uh, shows with minorities because I am a minority sure. and same with comics. Like, like I love justice league Detroit because they changed things up and it wasn't all the white dudes that in Justice League, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like Power Man Iron Fist. That's why I started getting that comic book. It's like, oh, that's, that sounds like pretty cool. But Good Times, I, I think, you know, the thing that I liked about Good Times was it's a different perspective, right? And you realize that people don't have the same means. They didn't live in a nice apartment. It's like the anti-friends, uh, mm-hmm. call it. Um, but they still they, were happy they, and still somebody, loved each other. Yep. They were happy, but they dealt with racism. They dealt with having money issues. And in some respects, I, I miss those type of sitcoms because now I feel like sitcoms – and I don't think sitcoms do a very special episode anymore. I think their main focus is to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. And somehow they have they, they have nice apartments, nice things. I don't know what they do for a living. Uh, you know, But I, I definitely think good times – and I also was what's happening, and but I, I felt Good Times was was a great show to get to make you understand what American um, uh, a typical African American family is going through in a poor neighborhood, which is you know, to be honest, most of society is lower middle class, especially during the seventies. A lot mm-hmm. of people didn't have a lot of means, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, because of the economy. Uh, um back then so i thought it was a lot more relatable and i think that helped me see the word differently watching those programs um versus say later on uh uh in the 80s then there were like programs that made you um same thing actually now i'm thinking about it like off the cuff like even like a different word it started off this is a spin-off of a showdown that i want to mention right now but it, it became its own thing about uh, you know African Americans in the at a, 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 a black college, and, and it, it it dealt with real issues, which I thought was important. Um, I think those type of shows uh, shaped me more than just watching a sitcom and just laughing. Yeah, exactly. How about you, Dap? Oh, uh, Hassan stole my answer um, because. You know, good times, what's happening, um, Sanford and Son, those were all shows that kind of started when I was much younger, so I really wasn't. 
paying attention to them. They were all mostly in in reruns when I was able to um, mm-hmm. yeah get the point of them. So it was it was something like a different world where that was that just hit me at the right age and uh, and and it did open my eyes. Um, the there are there are shows that I, I, it's it's weird because um, I try to be aware of other people and, and and what's going on around me. So if 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 someone or if a group isn't being represented, I kind of shy away from that which again probably why i brought up the sopranos before but um yeah it's i think also growing up where i grew up i was kind of aware of things and and tv kind of got to bring that point up later than 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 i became aware of it so it was almost like yeah i knew that I, i i it was great that the rest of the country could be made aware of these things but uh some of what the tv was showing i already knew about so so in that in that sense tv didn't necessarily open my eyes to a lot of social issues but i just became more aware of what other people were kind of going through thanks to um thanks to tv um but yeah i did the only thing that the only one that really comes to mind because of when it because of where i was how old i was when it was coming out would uh it's kind of a different world nowadays. I'm sure it would be Blackish. Um, yeah, you know, I've never seen an episode of Blackish, and we haven't because my wife is not an Anthony Anderson fan at all, okay. and and it's hard for us to, to to. But we've watched the spinoffs. We've watched Grownish. We've watched Mixedish. Okay. Uh, we love Kenya's show on um, on Netflix. So I mean, it's I understand what, what what he's doing, and and it's great, and I I appreciate it, and I'm glad it's out there. Uh, it's it's just it's kind of hard for us to get past Anthony Anderson, even though everybody else is doing a fantastic job. Um, as I, far I, I like the first few seasons of Blackish, okay, uh, but it's but it's not the same as it's still not the same as Good Times. Oh, for sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I can I can because, definitely because that. again, I I feel like there's this the um, minority aspect. Of good times, but there's also the economic status of good times. Yeah, so I think exactly. that's the other yep. thing. That's, mm-hmm. you, right? Like, there's a lot of different. Uh, now we're getting very, <laughs> very serious, but there's a lot of different. Like, and when I think of diversity, I don't just think of race. I think of gender and sexual orientation, but I also think of economic status. Sure. And I think one of the things that shows today don't do a good job is they don't really focus on lower middle class, poor. They don't want to have shows about that. You know, it's always people with a lot of money or well-to-do. And so it's hard to relate to people who have different economic status. Um, and so that, that's the thing. I, I mean, I, I like Blackish. about that with Modern but, Family. Like, I watched Modern Family for a few years. My, my wife still watches it. But I, 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 as I, oft, I often, with, with sitcoms, will drop off of, of, of the Metro walks. I'm like, oh, I get the yeah. joke. But but like Modern Family, I was always Martin. Like they're like insanely wealthy. Like they li- like the three. Like it's a charming show, but like they all li- like they all have what would be you know three, four, five million dollar homes, and and it's like man, you know they like good for them. But it's like it's just you know yeah, it's it's not like uh, yeah, I'm with you. It it, it definitely yeah. It, um and 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 I I understand the, like I understand the evolution of 
You, you mentioned uh, the show you don't want to mention. I mean, I, I would say the Cosby show is definitely a show in terms of sitcoms. I mean, as much as, as Bill Cosby has certainly forever tarnished justifiably his legacy. I mean, I, I still think gets back to that. Like, can you separate the art from the artist? I mean, I still can't pretend that the Cosby show wasn't one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. No, and, and I think for one was, of the, yeah, was, one of the yeah. cool things about the Cosby show and then, and then to a uh, different world was that it was aspirational for people of color, right? Like, like there, it was yeah. the first time you saw a, a, a black family that was incredibly well-educated and incredibly financially successful. And, and and we're dealing with the same problems that upper white middle class people dealt with, and and so I think you know part of it is about the time of when things come out with. I mean, my understanding is I, again I haven't seen it, is the blackish. I mean, Anthony Anderson's very successful, right? So it's like they're not they're not they're not hurting for money either. Um, so like I I think there's like I understand the messaging now of like let's show aspirational goals of people of color and and that they can be successful. Like I'm for that too. But like you said, Hassan, I think I think that. Uh, that a show like Good Times, I mean, yeah, they were dirt poor, but they still loved each other. They still were happy. They were still generally having good lives. And I think that's a, a message that uh, that we don't see very often anymore. Like you don't see too many shows about people that aren't don't have too many bucks to rub together and are still happy, you know. And exactly. even like, and it wasn't just a, a racial thing. Like shows like Malcolm in the Middle. I mean, they were broke, you know. I mean, uh, this, yes. but, you know, yes. you think about Breaking Bad, but like people don't realize that he was a comedic actor for, you know, he was a sitcom actor, and then, you know, before he broke bad, and it's like it, he was you know, the dentist. He was, he was yeah, the dentist. you know, so, yeah, the anti-dentite. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, all right, let's let's get back to the list. Um, number four, the floor is yours, Hassan. Oh, number four. Okay. Um, so number four, this was one of the best pilots I ever seen. It got me hooked on day one. It's about a plane crash on a mysterious island, <laughs> and survivors have to figure out how to live, how to get off the island. Of course, I'm talking about Lost. Uh, it's it, uh, Lost was created by, by Damon Lindelof, who in my mind is one of the best TV writers creators. Uh, J.J. Abrams, uh, who I think we all know who he is. Um, and those are the main two people. And I thought it was a great cast. Uh, when I first started start watching the show, the only person I remember was Matthew Fox from Party of, was it Party of Five. Yep. Uh, but we're introduced to other actors like Daniel Date Kim, who went on to Hawaii 5 uh, 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 Angeline Lilly, who obviously is the Wasp, Josh Holloway. I mean, it was just a great cash. Uh, and I like the fact that it mixed in like the present day storyline, but then the this flashbacks that they used to, to kind of explain the character motivation. And, I, you know, we, we were always focused on the, mis- the mystery, but I think the main selling point of the show was the characters, right? Cause the flashback was about the characters, right? Not just the mystery. Um, and then obviously, I have spoilers for who haven't seen Lost. I think it's the end of season three where I love the season finale where we think the flashback was a fast forward and just blew my mind. Um, now, it was one of those shows that I did not love the season, the season, uh, sorry, series finale. I didn't hate it like uh, Game of Thrones, but I, um, but, but it was, it was average. And so for a while, I was like, I didn't like Lost because the season, the series finale was so-so. But then I went back and started watching the episodes, and it still holds up. 
And I think now, years later, I could say, okay, it didn't really end as well as it should be, which is why it's number four. I think if it ended better, it would be much higher on my list. But it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, totally fair. Is on? Is that on anybody's list? No, be, be, for, no, it, it isn't. I mean, I definitely loved Lost, and I own, I owned. I guess I, well, I should say I owned the box set, and um, it was must see TV for me when it was coming out. But but I will say it didn't make my list because not just the ending of the show, like not the final episode, but but more because I felt like. Uh, as we now have come to know, they they weren't really prepared for it to be the hit that it was, uh, and so yes, they, when they when they created the show, they didn't they didn't know the answers to the mysteries. They they themselves didn't have answers to the mysteries, and I felt like as we went, they kept layering more mysteries on, and they gave us some answers, but they didn't give us all the answers. And I I I felt as as the show went on, I was getting more frustrated that we weren't getting uh, we weren't getting these 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 things tied up and uh, my analytical OCD mind really struggled with the idea that uh, like we were just left with, with questions. I, I, I really struggled with that at the time. So, um, so yeah, it didn't make my list, but it's an excellent show. I mean, it, it would be certainly in my top 20 for sure. Like I, I definitely loved every episode as I watched it. it it's one of those shows that I think if it was created now, it'd be much stronger. Uh, because it's a show that probably should would done much better on streaming, right? Because yeah, yeah. being on network TV, you know, and it's a lot of shows I think of that. I think I won't mention a couple of them because they're on my list later on. But like uh, one show that's not on my list later on is X Files, where I think it went on too long. And if they were had like like shorter seasons, I'm a big fan of shorter seasons because mm-hmm. the tighter, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and, and also on streaming, they kind of I think of the okay, this is this like they think of the multiple season storyline now versus like network TV. They're just winging it to your point. So I definitely think it would be stronger if it was done today. But um, and I, I agree with your points. But uh, uh, it's this holds something to me. It's like it's it's one of those shows that I had to watch, and I still to this day I love the characters and the acting. How about sure. you, Dap? Is this on your list? It's a top ten for me, for sure. I um, okay. I I have the uh, friend of mine was clearing out his closet, so I have the uh, I have the DVDs actually. But before that, I um, I didn't watch it when it was coming out. I watch it uh, maybe five or so years ago uh, off of Netflix, so I was able to I binged it that way. And yeah, I loved it. I it's it's you know I know it's it's got it's uh, it's it's haters. It's divisive in some cases, but uh, I enjoyed it. I was along for the ride. I, I was happy to see where it was taking me, and uh, yeah, I definitely think it's something that you know if you have patience and you're not you're not in a rush or want to uh, be spoon fed, then um, then I think you uh, you could definitely spend your time with it. Right on. How about you, Dad? Number four, baby. My number four is uh, was already mentioned. It is justified. Um, okay. It, yeah, I mean, as 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 we already discussed it, uh, my wife and I are enjoying it. There are uh, there are moments where um, there are things that happened that I didn't quite remember and and made s- some moments 
uncomfortable because uh, they are down in Kentucky where some people are still a little backwards thinking, but it's, um, it's, it's well-written and well-acted and you can't, uh, and, and anytime, you know, Dewey Crow shows up, we, we, we both let out an audible, oh God. And I, I adore, I adore Wind Duffy. I've been a Jerry Burns fans for, for years, but I, Wind Duffy is, is fantastic. And the cameos, the, the, the actors who show up over the season, I mean, Chadwick Boseman plays a drug dealer in one episode. Um, there, there's just so That's many dry. people who show up on this show and, 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 and he was in the episode with, uh, with Lucius Fox from, uh, from Gotham. But I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's, yeah. it's just, it's, um, it's, 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 it's a trip down memory lane and it's one show where I absolutely can separate the art from the artist because, um, Art is absolutely one of my favorite things about the show, even though Nick Sears yeah, seems to have lost his fucking mind. So, yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, Justified's absolutely a uh, a top five show for me, and that's why it's number four. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I'm with that. All right, well, my number four um, is uh, it's interesting because it's it's a it's a remake, and the original version I detested. Uh, I remember as a kid thinking it was corny as fuck. In, in fact, so corny it was it was much like Hassan was talking about Buck Rogers. I thought of this show. I thought this is like the weak ass version of sci-fi. Then they remade it, and it and it is one of my favorite shows of all time. And that, of course, uh, you've guessed is Battlestar Galactica, the the the, the 2004 uh, series uh, created by uh, Ronald Moore. It, it's um, I just rewatched it. I just I just watched the whole thing over um, maybe two months ago. And it was as gripping, even though I knew it was going to happen and I knew who the I knew who the Cylons were and all that, it was still gripping television. And I thought, like with many shows, a controversial ending. Some didn't like it. I thought it was great. I loved the ending. Um, and yeah, I just, to me, it's, it's, I have a, a love-hate thing with sci-fi. I, I feel like a lot of, like, I actively dislike a lot of sci-fi that others seem to like, and uh, bluntly, Doctor Who probably being at the top of that list. Like, it just, like, like it viscerally, <laughs> no, I mean, it just viscerally, like, I don't, like, I just, for some reason, I could dislike it intensely. Like, I don't, like, it's not just like, I don't, like, I just don't like it. And, uh, but, but this, just for me, hit all the right notes. Um you know, seventy six episodes, four seasons. Then there was other stuff. There was a spinoff called Caprica, and there was a web series for a while. But 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 the main show, um, just I thought was amazing. Had incredible stakes, and uh, Edward James Olmos and Mary McC- Mary McDonald were incredible as the leads. Um, yeah, I just I just freaking think it's 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 like per- it's perfect sci fi to me. That's that's like my third favorite sci-fi show of all time. The I, new one, the new one, not the old one. I still haven't seen it. Oh my god! I know, I know, I know. Well, this but this ties into something that 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 Austin and I were talking about earlier, where uh, uh, sci-fi fucked me when they brought back when when they were syndicating Babylon Five because I tried to record it, um, and I think it was BBC America. Somebody was showing Battlestar Galactica, and I was going to record it. And it overran, and so I missed the, the the end of the pilot, and I was like, well, now I don't... This was before they would, like, you know, replay it again three hours later, so I was just like, well, this is... I, I can't, I'm not going to... I'll just get around... To, I'll, I'll see it eventually. And that time still hasn't happened, but 
everybody I love loves it, and I, I need to rectify it. I realize this. It, I just haven't gotten around to it. Oh, man. I love that show so much. Hurts my heart. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we got our fours out of the way. Let's talk sci-fi. Let's talk sci-fi. Because it's a genre I think we all like. I think most of our audience likes it, too. Uh, it, it does seem to, uh, even though sci-fi and comics are very different things, it does seem like most comic fans also like sci-fi, I guess. Maybe because it's fantastical and um, I guess it's all, it all stretches the imagination. Maybe that's why we all seem to like like the genre as well as like in comics. But um, did you all, do you all have any scribbles down about favorite sci-fi shows? That of maybe course. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, go ahead, Dad. Why don't you just Let's, rattle off? I, right, right off the top is, uh, is Deep Space Nine. Uh, okay. <laughs> hands down the uh from start to finish the best star trek series and and really wow, yes that's better than discovery like better than well netflix? discovery hasn't finished yet so okay, i discovery discovery. <laughs> discovery had the first best had the best first season of any star okay. trek series discovery had that no one can touch that um the next generation had its growing pains not that Deep Space Nine didn't, but but because of Roddenberry's involvement. And listen, you know, he was there for a reason. We're thankful for him because without him, we wouldn't have everything we do regarding Star Trek. But Next Generation, I think, really started. It, 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 it matured, and I feel it got stronger, sadly, yes. after Gene passed. Um it did. It did. Unfortunately, you're right, but it did. Like season three was where I felt it really was fantastic. Yeah. Like season three where it really started getting good. And there were some there were some silly episodes with with Next Generation. Sure. And and there were with Deep Space Nine also, but I think there okay. were there were more with Next Generation. And um, Damn, I might have to watch DS9 because you got me. You in. really should, dude. I mean, Tell me I was going to tell you 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 should have. You got me on the discovery. I, I think it's like I mean, Avery Brooks is is no goddamn joke, and one of the well, see, I, I don't want to go too far into it because I want to. Uh, by the time you get around to it, you will probably won't remember, but I don't want to spoil right. anything. But there are okay. moments where, um, no, I mean, I just there is there is uh, there is absolutely one one of the best, absolute best episodes of television ever. Is uh, is one episode of Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. and it's called Far Beyond the Stars. It's from okay. season six. Oh wow! Okay, without a doubt, it is. It's it's it is it is touching. It is a kick to the gut. It makes you mad, and and Avery Brooks does a phenomenal job in front of and behind the camera. And, and it is, it's it, and it's not even bro. It is not even set on the space station. It's not even set in the future. Okay. Um, but deep space nine is start to finish the best. Tra- I mean, there's the, the, the drum because, and I, I mean, you watch it and you're, when he kicked off, you're like, you're on a space station. Like it's in one place. The whole point of Star mm-hmm. Trek was you're going out and you're exploring and you're seeing sure, strange sure. new world. And this and now you have the strange new worlds coming to you. Like this is mm-hmm. weird. How are we gonna do this? Yeah. But but everybody was fantastic. I mean, my favorite characters of, of Star Trek tend to be uh the engineers. I mean, I, I uh, Montgomery Scott is my spirit animal and, and Miles O'Brien is is I he's great. So he's 
he's on the show and and uh and and everybody is just so well done and and um and there's the whole the whole war aspect and there's there's and, and it's where section 31 came about and i just it's it's yeah it, it's it's my one of my favorite shows ever but it is it's it's an absolutely number one sci-fi show for me and, and so that's your number one that's my number one sci-fi show and then okay. i would um also on the list would be like like Hassan said, Lost, Fringe, definitely Firefly. Um, sci-fi is is near and dear to me. It, it's I sure. It's I look and and I, and Star Trek mostly because of that uh, utopian future, and and it's it's mm-hmm. that is the reason mm-hmm. why it's mm-hmm. lasting. It's very positive. It is. Have it any, is. Uh, so so you've got DS Nine, Lost, Fringe, Firefly. Do you have any others, or is that just your? Did you just do four? Uh, looking at, um, yeah, because I mean, well, this isn't, since this isn't my official list, I would yeah. absolutely throw Discovery on there. Uh, I would throw Westworld on there and, okay. and, yes. uh, oh, yeah. and, and, uh, and the Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll I stop I, there. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't, um, there should be a whole like sub genre of like, of, of TV shows that had a great season or two and then, and then like lost me. Like I, I like, like Westworld season one, oh, as, good as, as good as it gets, yes. but, uh, same with, um, same with, um, with, uh, uh, true detective. What's that? True detective. Or I guess that's, not yeah, true detective. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, like another, like, uh, like also phenomenal Mr. Robot. First season, yeah, of the show, like, incredible. Yes. But but then for me, all three of those shows, the subsequent seasons just were just weren't weren't the same. So I, I couldn't I couldn't make. But yeah, no, okay. So DS Nine, Lost, Fringe, Firefly, Star Trek Discovery, and Westworld. Hassan, do you have a, a sci fi uh, scribbles? I do, but you could just ask Dap what his was. <laughs> I mean, I also mentioned Lost. I mean. That's the one thing I was thinking about. Lost is kind of sci-fi, so that was Lost, on my list. Be your number one, uh, so top. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless you have another sci-fi show in your top five overall, but I'm saying if it, I, I if do, you don't, I do. So. Oh, okay. Well, you can I save do, that one. So save I, that. One. I'm going to save it, but but to your point, I'm a big. I I'm yes, if we're really into sci-fi, I'm heavily into sci-fi. Even before I was into fantasy, you know, I'm a little older than you guys, but. I'm in the same generation where Star Trek was on syndication. The original Star Trek was on syndication. That's not my top favorite show, by the way, but it, the original Star Trek was on syndication at the same time Star Wars was in the theaters. And both the Star Trek, Star Wars combination just blew my mind. Sure. And, you know, that's how I got into comics, actually, was because of Star Wars comic books, uh, Star Trek comic books, and obviously uh, Micronauts was sci-fi toys. That got me into comics. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. I love sci-fi. And what I would also put on the list was X Files. It's not in my top ten because it was a very uneven show. It it went on way too long after the main leads left the show. That's true. Yeah. Um, and then the return of X Files wasn't as strong. Uh, that one season they did. Uh, so, but I still like the concept of X Files, and I think. It'd be cool to redo something like that today, but no, I mean, I love all the Star Trek shows. Um, in the most part, actually, yeah, Voyager and, and uh, Enterprise was okay, but uh, 
Um, but I would definitely love Star Trek. Um, uh, and Lost and Battlestar Galactica that you mentioned. I actually, the only thing I would disagree with you is that I actually liked the original uh, series. <laughs> and I did rewatch it. And some of those episodes were really bad, and some of them were good. And mm-hmm. I did some research. And originally, the original Battlestar Galactica was supposed to be a miniseries. And then the creator decided, with, I guess, the work, oh, now we're going to do a full season. And the writers didn't know what to do because they're like, uh, uh we don't have okay. to the whole season. And so they did filler episodes that you could tell that was like stupid episodes that really had no meaning to. Mm-hmm. And the real good episodes are the two-parter episodes where that was the series that they always had planned to do. Like they were planning to do a series of miniseries. Um, and then obviously they shit the bed when they did Galactica 1980, which is a disaster of a show. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Galactica 1980, but that's horrible. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but no I, 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 I think my list is similar to Daps. Okay, uh, mine is is not. Well, it is a little, I guess. But but uh, uh, I mean, number one has to be for me Battlestar Galactica because it's the only sci-fi show in my overall top five. So I'd be cheating if I didn't have that number one. Uh, number two for me, uh, in spite of of, of Hassan being far too harsh on this show. Is X Files? Uh, I love that goddamn show. Uh, and like, and like, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm with you. Like, I think once the leads left, I mean, I don't even count really that. Like, I don't even count it. Like, once the main stars leave, I don't even count that part of the show. Like, to me, it just doesn't even exist. Like, I'm just judging it on on Mulder and Scully. Um, three for me is Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, I I mean. I will. I'm with David. Like I, I, Discovery to me, I've enjoyed each episode more than I enjoyed each Next Generation episode. But in in deference to Daps and season one to turn me on to Discovery, since it wasn't eligible per his rules, I didn't put it on the list. Uh, but then I, I said, "Fuck, fuck Daps rules with number four because that's the Mandalorian," and I couldn't see not putting it on there because. I, uh, the little kid in me who has struggled so mightily with most of the Star Star Wars films after the original trilogy, uh, and, and really honestly, the, the the prequels, I don't dislike anywhere near as much as a lot of our contemporaries do. I think in part because of having my having kids and kids who, for them, that's their Star Wars. So I was able to enjoy those films. Less from the eye of what I wanted them to be, and more from the eye of like my kids love them to death, and it was magic to them. So I, I, I'm more apologetic to the sympathetic to the prequels than I am the the last trilogy, where I think it's it has been rife with frustration as a, a fanboy frustration, you know. And I understand like maybe they're not made for me either, but but I thought they were going to be made for me, and so I feel disappointed in those. Um, but the Mandalorian to me is Filoni and Favreau of forever in my hearts, because I feel like they are giving us both in, 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 in tone and style and Canon, uh, a, a, a show that fits right in with, with, with the original star Wars that we fell in love with. So I, 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 I got to put on the list, even though it's still ongoing. And then my last, just certainly a deep cut. I, I doubt it. Well, I don't think it was on any, any list that was submitted by the listeners is V. I 
fucking loves oh, me. I, I, and, yeah. and that is a show that doesn't hold up. I mean, that doesn't hold up. I mean, yeah, it is a terror. It, it is up. an incredibly low budget show. I mean, the special effects are terrible. But when it was coming out, man, I was absolutely riveted by that goddamn show. When they had the hybrid baby, when they had the two babies and the one had yes. the loop, like I was like marking out. I couldn't deal with my life. It was so freaky. So um I had to throw that on there because I love that goddamn show. That, that was that was a great that was a great I love it as a kid too. You're right, it doesn't hold up but I love the two mini series and the regular series. I was so disappointed when it was canceled. Oh my God. But I yeah, that was my, oh, I got to watch it. And that freaked me out. The baby being born, that freaked me out. Was, oh, was, I know. And the, re, the, the reboot wasn't horrible either. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, uh, it was Dude from Party of Five. It was uh, Homegirl from Lost. Lost, actually. yep, yep. Yeah, who, my, who Vince my absolutely girl, adores. My girlfriend, Baccarin, yep. uh, I thought should be Domino, and then ended up playing Deadpool's girlfriend in, in said movie, which is odd. odd. But uh, yeah, no doubt, no. I, I liked it, but that was a show that only, it only lasted, what, one season, right? Or, I, two seasons, or maybe yeah. two, but yeah. yeah. Um, so before we get to our number threes, since we've kind of been touching on it with this, uh, in particular, Hassan kind of went down this road. Let's, let's do Tim... Tim Meekin's question, which is, uh, can do you or can you still love a show even after it's jumped the shark, i.e. the original cast or creators have left? Does that impact how you think back on the overall show? And, and I, I thought of this question because of what Hassan said about X-Files, which I think is a very fair criticism. Um, I guess like with, with most things, to me, I don't have like a rule with this because there are definitely shows that I feel lost something when – the cast turned over. There are others that it didn't bother me. And I don't know that there's a formula for it. Like, and, and I guess I, maybe I'm different than some people is I am. I have walked away from shows far more often than I've watched them to their, their completion. Uh, in particular, these long form dramas, like, I don't know if it's bonus content or it's, it's in the main app, but I, we were talking about Grey's Anatomy and my wife still watches it and it's been on for, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I watched Grey's Anatomy for like, six or seven years and then just got bored of it because most of the cast changed. And I thought, okay, I'm I'm not into this anymore, but I, I loved what I watched of it. I thought it was great. I just didn't, didn't feel compelled to continue with it. And, and uh, I think I do that a lot. I mean, it just, at some points I'll just be done with the show. Um, And it's not because I think it's bad or, or, or then makes me dislike it. I'm just like, no, okay, I get it. Or, or, okay, yeah, it has changed enough that I'm just not into it as much anymore. I'm going to go watch something else. And that's totally fine. Like, that doesn't, because it doesn't remove what I did see and, and who, and, 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 and when the main cast was there. And, and so I, I, for me, it doesn't ruin it at all generally. Um, but yeah, there are definitely, there are definitely shows that I think went on for too long um, with the turnover. I, you know, I think that uh, th- that certainly can happen. I mean, um, mm hmm. You know, the, the, like like there are always those last season or two when when it seems like the they want to keep milking the IP and and one one or more of the main actors leave and you're like, oh, you know, do you have to do that? And and yeah, I think those you could get rid of those seasons in almost all these shows and just move on. But um, but I don't think it in general it doesn't it it definitely doesn't take away my enjoyment of what came before it. Like in it, 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 it there probably are examples. But I can't think of any offhand where I'm like, oh, I love that show, but now I hate it because these actors left and they did this. I think probably the most famous example of this, by the way, 
based on our answers that we got. Um, and it was it was The Office. Now, I admittedly, I stopped watching The Office before Michael left. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like most people say The Office is one of their favorite sitcoms of all time. X the the like only if they only count the Michael times. <laughs> so like I, I that seems like one of the most famous examples of of a changeover that bothered people. But um, but yeah, I mean I don't know like like. I'm just grateful for what we have. And that's the same thing with me, like for X-Files. Like, I don't even think about those seasons once, like Annabeth Gish and all those people. Like, I don't even, like, okay, yeah, they exist, but like, I, I'm good with with what came with the main cast, you know, and, and, and that's totally fine by me. So. My, uh, the office is always on in this house. Uh, my wife loves it, but she, she has said plenty of times that uh, it's, you know, it's not the same after um, after Michael Scott leaves. And her least favorite episode, surprisingly, considering we love the guy and everything else, uh, she's not a fan of the Will Ferrell episodes. And um, James Spader is kind of weird to me. And so is Idris Elba, for that matter. But it, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it is. It's a fantastic show. There's, I mean, I, I would have loved... It's... It, it's a problem with with American network television, where you know it's all about the ratings, it's all about the ad dollars. Whereas you know mm. the original, the original Office in the UK, hands down one of my favorite shows, full stop. And and it is, um, it's fantastic. And it's two seasons, two short seasons, like six episodes each, and and a Christmas special. And and that's it. And that's everything you need. And it's fantastic. And you know, leave them wanting more instead of wanting to wish you would go. And 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 it's. Uh, it is unfortunate. I, for the most part, you know, the rest of the cast was able to work around that, and I think the office is still funny. One, it like you, Jason. I don't have. It's not a hard and fast rule. If 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 somebody leaves, mm-hmm. I don't stop watching it. It may it may feel a little different, but if I were to do that, then I would have probably missed out on a lot of hilarious episodes of Cheers, and and that yep. was a case where. Normally, when someone leaves a show, in this case, the actor who played Coach died. But normally, when someone leaves a show, you kind of you don't necessarily replace them with someone who is kind of just like them. And they kind of did. Where Coach was aloof, and and Woody was, you know, kind of this this shy, dumb hick. But um, he was a kind of a, in that sense, he was a younger coach, and and but it but it worked. And um, I. Cheers is absolutely one of my favorite sitcoms, and uh, and and I I I can't. Yeah, you know, there are times where I will groan. Like I mean, bringing cousin Oliver into the Brady Bunch, I thought was ridiculous, and 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 it definitely <laughs> yes, didn't. Yes. Uh, it didn't add anything for me. Or but like Leonardo DiCaprio coming in as the adopted street kid. Oh my god! And Growing yeah. Pains. Oh, yeah, yes, that yes. was. Oh, and Growing Pains was at the, at the time one of my favorite sitcoms. I mean, I, I I love that show. And then and then yeah, they had to be uh they had the baby and and it was just it, it just got weird. And then and then the baby, of course, is all this is is how many years older in the last season? It's just so weird. But uh, no, it it um if. Generally, if I'm if I'm into a show, if I'm watching, especially if I'm binging it, like like we we got through Mad Men, and and there are shows that you know we've binged and we got all the way through. But if it's if it, when it's if I'm watching it when it's new or, or live or ongoing, it it's there aren't a lot of shows I kind of do that with these days. There are some shows that you know we have on the DVR that we'll watch when it comes out, but 
Um, no, I think it might it might depend on the chemistry of the cast and what the premise of the show is. If you can kind of just slide somebody in uh, without maybe missing a beat, and and the the chemistry is still there, then I'm I'm going to um, I'll stick it out. It it it's mm-hmm. not. Uh, there, I mean, there are other things where I'm like, you know, well, he's gone, then yeah, I'm boycotting or whatever, and I'm and I'm out. But no, for the most part, I it, it's a watch and see with me. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever left stop watching the show because they changed the cast. I mean, I guess it, you know, it, I think about it later on. But uh, one thing I want to mention is when the the fonts actually jumped the shark in Happy Days. I actually like that that two parter. <laughs> so I don't mind jumping the shark. It was when Richie left, and then Ted McGinley. You, you can't talk about jumping yes. the shark without shouting out Ted McGinley, the king of coming in late to shows. Yes, although again, some shows when he comes in, it actually adds very. Like I thought, Mirror Children when he came in was fine. That's the only show he ever came in that was fine. You, know, you got the Love Boat, you got Happy Days, um, and then talk about Cheers. I actually thought Cheers got better over time when Shirley Long left. Uh, I, you know, I can play coach that died. You know, um, Kelsey Grammer was introduced. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I yeah. mean, it, it it became significantly better towards the end. And You're actually, right. Cheers that show got better as it went on. Yeah, well. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you know, I know we're talking about TV shows, but in my mind, there's only two Terminator movies, right? <laughs> not the other movies being bad doesn't really impact the fact that the first two movies are fantastic movies. Sure. And I always loved those two, first two movies. I don't, you know, the, the other movies never existed. Yeah. And so I, I don't, it doesn't bother the, the changes of the creators or jumping the shark doesn't bother me as much as a, uh, a series finale that, that kind of like, you know, well, I don't want to get into it, but yeah. Well, no, so that's, let's, I mean, that's, um, we have another question here from, 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 uh, patron T Thomas and he he asks yep. how much does a disappointing finale impact your overall enjoyment of a show so uh, it seems like you, it does affect you so speak on it well it, it depends on the show like let's talk about Game of Thrones I sort of kept j- okay. making jokes about Game of Thrones I think it was a show where the, the entire show was all about plot threads that continue season out of season and the last season is all about closing out the plot threads and coming to a conclusion, and it, the finale doesn't like go the way doesn't. Um, the finale is not as good as he thought it was going to be. I think it impacts the whole show. Like I actually think Game of Thrones was one of my favorite shows until the last season, and now I, it's not. And it's because of that yeah. last season. Now, I was going to say, but see, not to interrupt you, but but I think I'm I'm totally I'm nodding my head here. But for me, though, you're you're hitting on it. To me, it isn't about like like uh the it's not the it's not the finale it's the season right like like that's the issue is that yes. is that the whole season to me was was bitterly disappointing and that made me salty but but like no. which is different than say to me than like the seinfeld finale or the you know where it's exactly. just the, the final episode or the sopranos finale where like you like may not love it but but it, but it's just one episode out of 150 200 so it's like okay but but yeah the, i mean game of thrones is to me, this, the, you're talking about one sixth of the entire thing was bitterly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and not only that, it was a show that 
like each season led to the next season, right? Sure. Um, and to your point, Seinfeld finale was not great, but just one episode, and I could just ignore that episode, and all the other right. episodes had right. nothing to do with that last Correct. episode, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah. But but let me talk about another show, Dexter, where I really love Dexter. Never seen. The last season was horrible. I didn't like the last season, but again, each season was kind of. You could watch these seasons on its own for the most part, right? Until the last few seasons. So I've gone back and watched the the first four seasons of Dexter, and it's still great because I don't have to think about the last season. Like all the story, like each season was kind of self-contained. I mean, I guess like season three obviously has like big cliffhanger to season season four, but for the most part, it's self-contained, and I could still enjoy it because. It's kind of an episodic episode within each season. But Game of Thrones was, like, I think a, a great example or a bad example of how at this point season, especially the last season, could really ruin your feeling on the whole show. How about you, Dap? Or J- uh, uh, Jason, you want to add more to that? No, I mean, I'm with you. Like, I, I mean... Game of Thrones to me is one, I mean, full disclosure, it is in my top 10, but it's not in my top five. And I think mainly because of uh-huh. the final season. Um, I can't I can't remove how much I loved what came before it. And it was so, yeah. I loved it so much that I can't, like, it, it, it doesn't leave the list. But yeah, I mean, more as, I mean, as I was saying, like, to me, Lost, that, that, I struggled with that. Like, I struggled that I didn't get conclusions to these threads um so yeah it's kind of catch as catch can i mean i i uh, but but generally speaking i think if if you're if because because the question was i think specifically about a finale it, the finale it's uh, i'm right. pretty forgiving of a finale i mean if if yeah. especially with like a sitcom i mean it's like okay i mean sitcoms are generally uh meant to not be i mean there are continuity threads certainly the characters do progress in their lives but ultimately each episode is meant to be ingested as 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 its own fully formed thing like a single issue comic where if it's done right you can be satisfied with it and and it also will carry on to other other issues but you can just read the issue and enjoy it i mean i think that's how a good sitcom should be so um, i'm generally i don't think i've been too unforgiving about quote-unquote bad finales It, it it has to be more like where i'm like and i think a lot of finales honestly are they bad or are they just because it's the finale, we all have in our own minds this idea of how things need to end, and we don't get that, and we feel salty about it. But is it bad? Like, and and I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but like with the Sopranos, I mean, that's a famous finale where people were very divided about it. I, I, I'm fine with it. I mean, I think the point is, is it was open ended. It was meant to. It was it was by design. It wasn't like I feel like people take an issue with something that was by design. I mean, it, you're meant to. Whatever you think happened to Tony is okay. That's the creators wanted to leave you with that. Like mm-hmm. they almost gave it to you as a reward. Like you, you went on this journey. If you think that was him about to be killed, then that's what happened. If you think that was a a memory, then that's cool. If you think he walked out of there after having sushi and lived a healthy life, like that's fine. Like that's not important. That's not why we made the show. You know, like, and I think that's totally cool. Um, and we're still talking about it. It's it's if yeah, like, and not like, to say that fine. if they, if it but wasn't gonna, definitive, we wouldn't yeah, still be talking about mad it. Mad about it, like it's fine too. Like I mean, I get it. I mean, we we you, all of these shit. Well, not but most of these shows are, are uh, most of people's favorite shows are long running. I think, 
and, and and you see so you have a lot of time invested in these characters and these stories and so i i think you can't be a comic book fan and not acknowledge that uh we can have irrational uh connections to the narrative and and and, and sort of feel ownership about them that we don't really have and so i'm not going to ever be mad at someone if they're like oh I, I, that show's dead to me because of the way it ended i mean i listen i'm i like you do you but but i don't think it's affected me too often so. Yeah, and I think Game of Thrones is still too recent, and I'm sure you asked me when the the, the spinoffs come out, I'd be like, oh, did you see the spinoff? Oh, did you see the first episode? It was all awesome. Oh, I'm going to go back and watch Game of Thrones. I'm sure my opinion would change two or three sure. years from now, because yeah. I'm human, and this is favorite, you know? It's kind of like uh, reading a like, uh, I, I know we're talking about TV, but oh, I, I, you know, I'm not reading Spider-Man anymore. Nick Spencer run. Uh, but I would tell you this: I'd be back on Spider-Man when they get new, you know, when they get new writers. I'm going to try it out, and I probably love it again. You know, yeah. It's just, it's just, uh, it's my feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to hear your feelings about your number three show of all time. Okay. Well, I sort of danced around it, uh, and so I gave a clue. <laughs> it's the uh, initials. It starts off with the S and the T. Uh, but it's not deep, deep, uh, deep Space Nine. It's the Next Generation, uh, and that's because, you know, I like I said, one of my favorite shows that I grew up as a kid was the original Star Trek. But it's not in my my favorite sci-fi because I think the Next Generation is far superior than the original series. Um, and I was so excited when they announced Next Generation. Uh, the first couple seasons we talked about was okay, was good, but it was until the third, third season that really start really becoming its own thing and really great. Um, and I think it surpassed the original track. Um, I do think Deep Space Nine was a better crafted story or show, but this is his favorite and the characters. You, you, I first well, it's not the first time I was introduced to Patrick Stewart. I first saw him in that Dune movie, uh, which I also, you know, for some reason I really like him, though I know it has a lot, a uh, hundred million flaws. But you know, you got Patrick Stewart, you got uh, uh, Brett Spiner, um, you got all these great actors, these great characters who who are different than the original characters. Uh, it really meant a lot to me and. Star Trek is in my DNA. I love Star Trek. Uh, it's one of my favorite sci-fi concepts of all time. And I think what Daph says is about a positive future, um, you know, where apparently uh, we all get along and it doesn't matter what, what your religion, your gender, uh, uh, your race, you're all together. Uh, and so I really love Star Trek Next Generation. That's my number three. My main. Damn, sci-fi representing so far on this list. But unlike some of the other shows we've talked about, like they didn't really go into too much. Like, I mean, like, like you know what I'm saying? They kind of were typecast. I mean, like, you know, I'm not saying that, I'm not disagreeing with you guys. I love Star Trek. But I'm saying, like, no, 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 no. Like Will Wheaton and 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 uh, and and Riker, like they never really. I mean, well, else. well, Jonathan Frakes is he's he's he mostly that. a director. Yeah, um, no, no, I'm right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Gates McFadden, she she was a dancer before she was an actress, and um, and 
you know, there's and it's yeah, they're I'm they're just saying are, like if you look at the leads of that show, yeah, you remember them for that show mainly. But <laughs> like I think that. I think that's the curse of Star Trek because even even the original series, yeah, I mean, Shatner went on to do T.J. Hooker and and a couple of you know silly B movies and and you know and Leonard Nimoy was on. Mission Impossible, and and he would show up here and there, and, and of course, you know, in search of anything that was related to sci-fi, he was in Fringe. Um, so, so it's not like the cast really had a chance to do much after. I think, uh, except, for, I think except for Patrick Stewart. I think Patrick Stewart. Oh, is yes, right. for sure. An obvious, an obvious yeah. outline yeah. there, sure. Yeah, yeah know, but but. But uh, Michael, do you guys remember that Michael Dorn was actually on Chips as one of the uh, officers? No, I mean, I, I barely wow. remember. Wow. You're dating yourself, Mr. 50-year-old. Oh, <laughs> I am dating myself. That's the yeah, I did, I you know, when myself, we lived but, out uh, west, we, we watched Chips every week, so. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, 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 I. I just like Star Trek. By the way, I forgot to mention this, but uh, um, going back to the Slack, I did post a fake top five list. <laughs> I if anybody's I'm playing along. I'm all pace in here, and I'm like, wait a minute, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I, I, because because we, yeah, it was kind of like to, to uh, I was afraid that if I don't post something, and I'm normally uh, – Active on the slides that people slick. Yeah. I tried to give yeah. a hint. I said, I said our guest is the most industrious person ever to be able to slacker, and people like took the term. They didn't weren't realizing I was a play on words, and I was like thinking, you know, you're a slacker because you remember the slack, which is you know, but uh, you know, yeah. whatever people said. All right, Dap. <laughs> I'm going to mix things up right now. Well, you already did with leverage. I mean, oh, <laughs> okay, all right, no, but well then. All right, hold on to your seats. My number three is uh, the kids in the hall. Oh my god, I am absolutely gobsmacked. Oh, really? Oh my god, I every every Friday night, every HBO episode, man, I could not get enough of it. I I, I quote the shit out of it um, for the second time in three three of your top five all times. I've never seen an episode. Wow. <laughs> That's, that's fantastic. Uh, no, it is. It's. I mean, it's. It's fucking hilarious. These these five guys are just some of the funniest dudes, um, and and they've all more or less have gone on to to other things. Of course, Dave Foley was on his radio. He was on Justified. He's been in a bunch of things, um, and you've got voice actors. Or Mark McKinney was in Superstore uh, and and Saturday Night Live for a minute. They, 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 um, they just, they're funny dudes. And, and I guess just because I was at the right age when their, their, their show ported over to HBO and, and the jokes just hit me just right. I mean, it's, it's kind of like partly why I'm also a, a Kevin Smith fan, just, just right place, right time kind of thing. And, and I, uh. Yeah, I, I I laugh my ass off. I'll close my eyes and think of things that 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 are from the show, and I just chuckle. I, I um, it was it was musty TV for me when it was when it was coming out. I, I could not get enough of it. So absolutely, yeah. That that that's that's on my top five. 
Wow. Give me stuff. I got a stream here. I got two shows now I got to watch <laughs> that uh, I've never seen. Well, right, some well, of the fine. jokes might be a little dated. Just yeah, keep that in mind. But yeah. For, yeah, for real. Uh, my number three is probably, well, certainly was on many, many people's lists uh, of, of their favorite shows. Uh, and that is uh, The Sopranos, uh, created by the uh, immortal David Chase. And I think the thing about The Sopranos that maybe is lost on people listening to this episode in 2021 is how significant it was as a as a pivot point for television. You know, I mean, like, like if you think about about kind of the seminal moments in TV, you got Norman Lear and all in the family. Right. Which it's obviously that was groundbreaking at the time. We would look at it now and it probably wouldn't seem that significant. But but to but to have a. a real life issues and, and people that were not perfect and, and bring up things like race relations. And, you know, there are these different moments in TV history, um, you know, Lucille Ball and, and Desi Arnaz sleeping in the same bed. You know, there's these things. Uh, to me, The Sopranos is is one of the most important shows of all time. Um, and we, we are now in the, we are squarely in the streaming era. Um, but but a lot of people may forget that that Sopranos was the first show, man. Like it was the show when when we started before the Sopranos was a hit. It was in it was inconceivable that your favorite TV show or that the most popular TV show wasn't a network TV show. It just didn't happen. I mean, all everybody wanted to be on a network show, um, and if you weren't, you were you were almost irrelevant. And then suddenly the show comes along on HBO, which was a thing we all had in our cable boxes, but it was because we could watch old movies on it. And there suddenly was this buzz, like, are you guys watching this TV show that HBO is doing? And and people are like, wait, what? The, they're doing a TV show? And and it, it, it really did start as, as, a, as, a, as, as a niche thing that, that people weren't really plugged into. And then obviously over the six seasons, it grew to being – a cultural and ratings phenomenon. Um, so, so, I mean, I, I think that the thing about it is, is we now, we now think, I mean, to me, HBO is so synonymous with these great high budget premier dramas. And, and then if that begat Netflix and Amazon prime and all these things, I mean, so all of that came from the HBO model, which is we're going to put out high quality cinematic adult content, something that you couldn't see because of, of 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 ratings and standards and practices on network TV, and we're going to give you these shows that we think you'd like to see, but you can't see anywhere else. And uh, and you know, Sopranos was the first, and I think it, I have rewatched it. It still to me holds up. Um, I just think this idea of 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 an antihero, and it was so well acted, and the characters were real. I mean, they were flawed. Everybody was flawed, and they all had quirks and in in, in idiosyncrasies. And and look, I mean. You know, growing up, born and raised in Jersey, there was an allure there. I think you can't grow up in this area and not have some strange relationship to the mob. Meaning, no, I'm saying I don't mean that like that we're in the mob or we know. I'm saying, but like, if you, it's almost was like, um, what's the word? Like almost like a not a badge of honor, but 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 we just have accepted that that the mob was part of of the of the. The, the undercurrent of, of the area, you know, I mean, like you knew that the mob was real and you knew it was there, but it wasn't something you were afraid of because you weren't, unless you were involved in organized crime and it wasn't something that you really thought a lot about, but you also didn't, you didn't run from it. You didn't, 
you didn't like you weren't mad that it was there. It was kind of a little bit romantic as long as you were at arm's length. And this this took that to another level. And and the thing about it is there was so much that happened on the show that just didn't happen in TV before. Most notably, people died. Stars, main characters were killed like like mid-season. And, and that just didn't happen on TV before, you know, every now and then for a ratings blockbuster, they'd write somebody off. But 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 this was a show where nobody was safe from the very main characters. I mean, and 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 obviously as the show went on, it pretty much became a thing where like literally nobody was safe to the point where by the end of the show, almost everybody that was important at the beginning of the show was gone. So I just I think it's just a masterpiece uh, in tone and setting and, and and cinematography and pacing. I just think. It really did set the blueprint for uh, all of the great dramas that have come since and, and, and largely make up the best of list if you were to Google it. I, I think, oh, almost everything to Sopranos. If, if not for The Sopranos, I don't think TV would be the art form that it's become in the last 20 years. So um, I almost feel bad having a third and not not number one, but uh, but it is third on my list. So I respect that. Yeah. No, I- I definitely agree with the importance of Sopranos uh, because I think, to your point, it's the birth of shows and, and being more, I would say, higher quality. And it's the start. All right, I also think of movie actors coming to TV, mm-hmm. um, which before, if you're an actor, you're only on TV or in movies. You never cross, you know, can't cross the streams. And uh, but. I'm going to give you guys a confession. Never seen it. Oh, wow. I, okay. I didn't have HBO when it was on. I was, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't have HBO. Um, I didn't have a DVR. And so there was a time period where I didn't watch that much TV. Yeah. Uh, That's probably in my like mid twenties to when I got married. Once you start having kids, you, you watch more TV because you can't go out. But, um, the only thing I did watch, and I still, I mean, I kind of diss it, was X-Files. I come home from happy hour on Friday, and X-Files on Friday, I'll watch X-Files. That's mm-hmm. the only show I, I was routine watching, it, and obviously Star Trek. But uh, it's on my list to watch, and also The Wire. Again, those shows came out when I didn't have HBO. Uh, and those two shows, I have heard so many from you, uh, Julian, that you got to watch it. So it's definitely on my list to watch. Uh, and now that they had that movie, prequel movie coming out that I just saw the trailer of that looks pretty good. I might yeah, try to watch yeah. Sopranos now. I don't know if I can watch all the seasons before um, the movie comes out. Although it's a prequel, so I guess it can't really ruin anything for me. But uh, um, Yeah, no, I don't think it'll ruin yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So I definitely respect your uh, uh, number three. Nice. Um, I mean, this is a comics-related podcast. You wouldn't know it by the tonight's episode. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, do you all have uh, anything scribbled down for favorite? Comics? Do I? Yeah. Well, yeah. Why don't you go ahead? Uh, I'm going to start with my. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call this. I'm going to call this my number one because it's very close to my number two. But okay. I think, uh, I think, if I close my eyes, my all-time favorite comic-related show. Uh, is uh, Daredevil from Netflix? Those uh, did, did you delineate before you did you delineate between animated and non animated? Because for me, I did all live action comic related, and then I have because it's to me, I separate that from cartoons, but yeah, me too. No, yeah, these aren't none of these are cartoons. 
Um, I would uh, follow Daredevil with uh, Smallville and mm. Watchmen, Legion, and just because it's got a couple of outstanding seasons and I love what they did and who they brought onto the screen, uh, Arrow. Okay. That's interesting. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, that, I, I actually, I, well, I admit, I've seen very little Smallville, but the other four, I'm, I'm, I'm fans of. So, okay, uh, uh, Hassan. So we're not talking about. I did not differentiate between cartoons and live action because in my top cartoons there were no comic related shows. Oh, okay, All right, fair enough. Because, 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 but my. Favorite comic play show. I know this is going to be the nice biggest surprise, but I'm going to go with Batman anime series. I mean, I know that's a shock. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I know. List, yeah. And, and and I think you know from a comic book show, in my mind, and I know it's animated, but it's the benchmark in my mind of of, of all comic adaptions. Right? It's like a perfect adaption where it brings in all the characters and you know batman's been around forever uh, now over like 80 years now but it brings up all that history and does this so well yeah so that's that's you know and obviously and then you got the spin-offs just like unlimited and you know you got superman anime show but batman the original batman anime series is the benchmark of all in my mind comic relationships you're not alone outside yeah i saw that the other the, my number two was watchmen and i was kind of like in my mind it was actually it's in my top 10 by the way watchmen um but it's also in my mind a miniseries so kind of cheated because it doesn't have more than one season mm-hmm. so it was obviously such great quality but i was just amazed how good that show was like so, i'll be honest with you i was looking forward to it but i didn't like it stuck to the landing, and that's on Watchmen, which is very hard to do. I mean, I was super I, skeptical I felt, of it, like you going in. I was like, "This is gonna suck. Yeah. I can't believe they're doing this." But no, I was so wrong. Yeah, there's that. Um, Smallville is on my list because that's my comfort show. So when I'm in a bad mood, when I'm down, uh, I go. We watch. Just Smallville. go get a room, and I'll just go leave and have it like a. I'll just go have a drink. You guys. <laughs> um okay uh and then i think arrow has some uh is on my list and i know okay i'm like i'm stealing from that but but i think the arrow the thing that makes it special for air one is it started the whole Arrowverse, but two was is one of the first only shows that I end up watching, at least for the first few seasons, on a weekly basis with my daughters. And oh. my mom, my wife would get upset because it'd be Tuesday night. I think it was Tuesday, right? And we would go, it's eight o'clock. Okay, let's go downstairs and watch the era. And she's like, What? You guys are leaving me? And uh uh and it's because she doesn't like superhero shows at all. Um so uh we would go watch Arrow and we watch it, and honestly. It, it, you know, the latest seasons were okay, but it really started off strong, and it just holds a special heart because my, you know, my daughters and I watch, I think the first three or four seasons together, mm-hmm. and we we're always excited about it. Um, and we watched the Flash too together early on, so I think it holds a special place in my heart. Sure. 
All right, fair and, enough. Um, I'll, okay, go ahead. No, go what ahead. about you? Oh, I didn't no. know if you had it. That was, I didn't know if that you were done. Okay. Um, well, I'll go backwards. Uh, my number five show, much different than, than your guys, by the way. Um, my number five show, Lock and Key. One of my favorite comics uh, of the last 20 years and uh, thought the adaptation uh, still going on, so it would violate DAP's rules, but uh, but very much a fan of the first season. Thought it was really well done. Um, in that vein, uh, this is a show that at least we've gotten two seasons, but still ongoing, Umbrella Academy. Uh, nice. Really, yeah, that's a good one. I really was like, that's nice. I just couldn't fathom how they were going to be able to turn that into a TV show because it's so out there. And it's so distinctly Matt Fraction's voice. I just, I really was was skeptical, and I think that they have largely done an awesome job of 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 keeping the the quirkiness and the the essence of the show. Like, is that to, Fraction to or Way? It's way. way. Sorry, Way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But but it was a uh, you know like the whole like the visual aesthetic, and it just you know was so distinctive. I just. Uh, but yeah, to, to their credit, they, they did a nice job with it. Um, number three, and maybe this is recency bias, but, um, but I gotta say the Falcon and Winter Soldier because the Captain America films are my favorite of the MCU films, Mm -hmm. at least in terms of, of, of uh, like the, the the trio. I, I, I don't know that they're individually my favorites, but, but, uh, and, and I just thought that of the, of the Disney Marvel shows we've gotten so far, it was my favorite, and and admittedly the most straightforward. I mean, it's it's. I guess it gets down to if I'm going to read a superhero comic, I want to read a superhero comic, and this show felt like a superhero show to me, uh, in in a way that the others haven't. I've enjoyed those too. I don't think there's been a bad effort yet, but I I think for me, this was the closest in TV form I've seen to a MCU film where I wanted to like punch through a wall after watching it. Um, number two, and I'm surprised that this isn't, I mean, I'm not surprised on your guys' list because I know your taste, but, but I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't on more lists, which is the walking dead. Now that's a show that admittedly I don't watch anymore. So I guess that would fit into what we were talking about earlier where like you walk away from a show, but the first bunch of seasons was absolutely amazing. And I, I watched every episode and watched it with my oldest son. And I, I just think that it's. It was an incredibly well done adaptation of of the comic, uh, and, and even where where it, where it veered off from the comic in meaningful ways, I thought it still was excellent. Uh, and then my number one, which is I guess the only show that uh, is on all three of our lists, is Watchmen. And you're right, Austin. Mm. I did think for a second, like ah, I mean, it is only one season, but I think that's the beauty of it. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's one season, and they did it, and it's perfect, and they're not going to do any more because why like what what's it's all downhill from here like you they 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 told their story and it was impeccable and 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 the thing about watchmen that i think is so incredible is it takes this i think holiest of comic canon in that like you you can't you you cannot create a, a you cannot do another watchmen comic and it'd be better than the original and yet they were completely loyal to the canon in a, in almost a shocking way, like it was so. Low. But the show itself is so has so little to do with that in so many ways. Yeah. So like it pays it moved, off. It moved the story forward. It yeah, moved the story it pays forward off too. right. Like, if if you hold Watchmen dear, which so many of us do, it pays off for you. You get something out of it that that the person who's never seen or read Watchmen doesn't get out of it. But 
as a show itself, it stands on its own, and it's also so pertinent. It's so poignant to current issues in terms of 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 mm-hmm. race and 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 xenophobia and and I just I just think it's so like it was so timely and of the moment, and yet so perfectly honorable to the source material. And I think that's like an almost impossible thing to do. I, I don't even know how they did it. So I, I will love that show forever and always. Um, yeah. So just incredible. No, right. I, 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 I like your list. I, I didn't pick some of your shows because I was thinking of shows that were d- finished, but I, I definitely, why the, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier was more straightforward Every episode I watched, especially the last episode, made me smile. Like a like Falcon is one of my favorite Marvel characters, right? Yeah. I'm the guy that went to the newsstand and I had a choice to pick the Walt Simonson first issue of Thor and Falcon issue two, and I ended up buying Falcon issue two. Okay, and so I love the Falcon, and that that last episode made me smile like a little kid. So I definitely agree with that. And then again with Umbrella Academy, yeah, great list. Awesome. Well, it's time for our runners-up, our number twos, our second favorite shows of all time. You have the floor, sir. Well, um, I missed the first episode of the series uh, when it came out, and as as Jason alluded to, I'm an old fart, and this is back when there's no DVR streaming. But I heard the buzz at high school, so I checked out the second episode, and I was hooked. Um... It was nothing like I saw before. Prior to this, most TV shows, excluding soaps, were very episodic. Majority of the time, the plot was resolved by the end of the hour. But no, this is a ongoing murder mystery. Uh, actually, it was more like Hobos Mysteries uh, with a large population of interesting characters. And uh, I'm talking about Twin Peaks. So this should be uh, make Vince happy, although it's not my number one. Um, I love the original series. The The first season was fantastic. Uh, the second half of season two wasn't strong, which is probably why this is on number two on my list versus number one. Uh, this was created by David Lynch and Mark Frost. Um, but I think what really got me going about Twin Peaks was when they made it, you know, they did the re- Twin Peaks return. It came back on Showtime, and I thought it was gold. Uh, and honestly, I think you either love Twin Peaks or you hate Twin Peaks. Uh, it's a weird show, especially when it came back. It's a very odd duck. Um, what I liked about it when it came back, uh, season two ended as a cliffhanger. And basically David Lynch was like, yeah, 30 years later, we're, gonna, we're just going to continue it, uh, the cliffhanger. Uh, and I thought it was great. Uh, a lot of great actors on the show. Uh Kyle McLaughlin is the main actor. Um, uh, actually, David Duchovny started on Twin Peaks as a uh, cross-dresser FBI agent. But it's just, I just love the show. It was so different. Um, and it was not just about the mystery of Laura, who killed Laura Palmer, but it was just all the different characters. Uh, and to be honest with you, I was young. I was a senior in high school, and I had a crush on all the actresses on the show. Um and yeah, I devour the, you know, they, they came out with a diary of Laura, uh, Laura Palmer. I bought that and read the whole thing. So I, I was really into Twin Peaks when it came out uh, about the soundtrack. Um, it was definitely one of my favorite shows of all time. And I was so happy when it came back. And I did rewatch 
seasons one and two, and definitely it still holds up. So yeah, it's uh, my number two. Respect and before David goes, I must say that uh, since you did bring it up, uh, our beloved uh, co-host Vince, who is in Vegas doing his thang, did say, in spite of not being a TV dude, his only contribution to the show was Twin Peaks. All other shows are number two or lower. So there you go. Dap, is Twin Peaks your number two show? It is not, but it should make you very happy, Boo. My number two is a show that uh, I've watched many times. Um, there are there's there's an episode or two that I'm particularly fond of. That if I'm in the mood, I will just turn it on and have in the background when I'm in the kitchen or working on something. Um, but it is a show that I'm always happy to see. I don't. I don't know if this breaks my rule because the actors have kind of gone on and are doing other things and I don't know if we'll ever get the everybody back together. If we do, fantastic. I'm here for it. But if all we have is what they've given us, I can live with that. My number two is Sherlock. Hey now. It is... Oh, you know... Don't, don't tell me you have, you've never seen an episode. No, of course I see that. And you know what? I totally forgot about Sherlock. Like, this, this is a thing. I love Sherlock. I mean, but no, no, I, I totally forgot about it. No, of course I've seen it. I've seen, like, like the, I've seen it twice. Or, like, you know, it's one of our family's favorite shows. So, but keep going. Sorry. To interrupt. No, it, it's, um, yeah, as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as PBS had and Masterpiece play the, uh, play the first episode, um, we were hooked and you know we got the first three episodes and then you know got the following season and they 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 introduced moriarty who was at the end of the the first season and i was absolutely i was just i was mesmerized i i i think this version of moriarty is is fantastic I, i wish we got more of him but um he he was able to tease sherlock through the rest of the seasons and you know, even the Victorian era old timey episode, which was basically just him with his eyes closed on a plane before he comes back to London. It, it what 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 Moffat and um, and oh my god, oh what the hell's the tall dude's name? Shit, um, I suck. Um, they what they did in in making. Sherlock Modern and getting and getting Cumberbatch and Freeman to play Sherlock and Watson. It was just it it's a thing of beauty. Um Mark I, Gattis, you mean Thank you, Gaddis, yes. Yeah. Christ. Um and Gaddis is great in everything he does, whether he's a writer or or on the screen. But yeah, it's I anytime there was any sort of announcement about an ep- uh, the new season coming out or you know, we, we couldn't wait and we made sure everything was done so that once it was ready to air, we sat down, didn't move for the uh, for the ninety minutes, and yeah, it, it's 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 hands down one of the it it is why it's something that I'm glad they gave us that we can enjoy on on TV. It's kind of the thing that that's just it's it's perfect in that format with the the way. 
they show Sherlock thinking is it would kind of work on a comic book page, but because of the motion involved and and it just and the sound it just it really works on TV and I I think it's fantastic the way they've modernized some of the cases. Um, yeah, I just think everybody did a fantastic job with it. It's um, it's it would have been higher had I not seen something else um, kind of recently, but it's it's a uh, it's an absolute favorite in this house. It's a favorite of mine. And if you haven't seen Sherlock, I'm sorry. It's a great pick, boo. Uh, it's a fucking great show. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great goddamn pick. show. Yeah, I can't I can't be mad at that at all. Um, well, my number two is uh, a show that. Uh, I believe now someone can correct me if I'm wrong because I didn't research this, but I believe it is the only show to win the Emmy for best drama for consecutive seasons. I think that's right. Um, I know it has, I don't know if it's the only one, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, and that is, uh, Mad Men created by Matthew Weiner. It is a seven season show just under a hundred episodes that uh, centers around a group of advertising executives. Uh, even though the show lasts seven seasons, the chronology of the show lasts decades. And that's really the magic of the show because it starts off in the uh, 50s when they are... Uh, all the men it's it's a male dominated industry all the men are in suits they drink they are womanizers they are bastards to their secretarial pool all the women on the show are secretaries or or girlfriends or wives uh the gender roles are very defined and you think it's just a beautiful and I, early 60s i said 50s early 60s you think it's just going to be a beautifully shot period piece which in and of itself would be cool but that's not what the show is and 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 you don't know that at the start but but the show evolves uh, where by the end of the show seven seasons in you've seen just arguably the most transformative time in u.s history where you go from these very traditional some would say fake but but instantiated gender roles to a point where women have gained agency and by the end of the show two of the women who were secretaries at the beginning are now partners in the firm and and highly capable and 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 it's not okay for for men to just be pigs and 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 be unfaithful and uh and it's not okay to to drink and be drunk in the middle of the day and 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 it's just um you know you go through the kennedy assassination and the vietnam war and it, it's just it, it it's it's an incredible show in that it provides a time capsule into uh the american male uh that that i just don't know has ever been captured before and 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 one of the cool things about when you traverse 30 plus years of 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 history in a show is just the the it's a beautiful looking show. Uh, the the set pieces change and and the outfits and the and the furniture and it's just it it's just a beautiful show visually. Um, I, I just Don Draper is is an incredibly fascinating character. He's not someone you really root for. Um, he's definitely an antihero, much like Tony Soprano. I mean, mm -hmm. he's not he's not you know he's not someone like Soprano who's literally a murderer. 
but he's a, a horribly flawed person. And and, and mm-hmm. I, to to the show's credit, it, it the the show doesn't doesn't hide from these flaws. I mean, it really does wash over you. I mean, John Hamm, who's the actor, and he 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 goes through a journey. You know, I mean, he he is basically the 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 prototypical alpha male, but he's also knocked down repeatedly he he's he's got an alcohol problem and 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 at first that's fine but then at some point it becomes an issue and and he's got confidence issues and he's got issues with relationships and intimacy and self-confidence and um but it was at a time when men weren't allowed to not have confidence and weren't allowed to be vulnerable and i just think i don't know i mean i don't know what women think of this show and i don't know what people of color think of the show but I remember watching it just being absolutely riveted at the journey it took me through. The men of like, I wasn't going to say like my father, but you know, my father was a cop. So, but I mean, but men of that age and, and, and what it meant to quote unquote be a man and, and how, how the show was so progressive into then what it meant to be a man by the end of that show and how these guys had lived their lives. And most of them had either ended up places they didn't want to be or, if they were happy with where they were, it's because they had to undergo dramatic change and had to realize that like the things that they held dear and the tenets with which they were brought up were no longer valid in, in the world they lived in then. And I just, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it's a, it's a gorgeous show and, and, and the actors and actresses in it were phenomenal. Um, and, and look, I mean, I, I don't think I'm out on a limb here. I mean, it's one of the most decorated shows of all time, but uh, mm-hmm. I just adore it, and I, I this is one of those shows I try to get my oldest son to watch forever, and he just was like, ah, it looks boring. And then just about two months ago, he he came out, we were and said, Dad, I uh, I watched Mad Men, and I'm like, what do you mean you watched like how much of it? He's like, no, I watched the whole thing. I'm like, he watched 96 episodes. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, that's kids today. They they start binging, but but um, he's like, it was amazing, yeah, they, you know, and uh, and he's like a super super liberal progressive kid. I mean, he's he's as I said, a self professed socialist, so. So he he really thought it was awesome because for as much as it was a, you know I remember having men in my life that were like this. He he has never had a man in his life like this. So I I I, I it's cool that he could watch it and still find it so great. So um, yeah, I just I, this was very close to being my number one. If it wasn't for my number one, uh, this would have been an easy choice. I like to me I have tears and and my number one is like on its own, no doubt for me. But Mad Men is a clear number two. There was nothing really that was threatening uh, it, it it for that spot for me. That's so. is, I I am I've always meant to ask if you've ever watched it because if I've ever watched it, yeah, because we never discussed oh, I thought, it. Oh, I th- oh I think I've been, oh I thought I've been oh yeah interesting. you might have you might have mentioned it offhandedly, mm, but I didn't okay. I, but I didn't think yeah. it I didn't think it this me- I didn't think it meant this much to you we. We watched, I watched it. it as it was coming out. Right. You know, yeah. And yeah. and um, Renee and I watched it, if not last year, the year before. Yeah, it was after we moved here, and um, and we binged it. And I I had never seen it before. It was always something I wanted to. I think I had it for the first couple seasons on Blu-ray actually, but because uh, I got them stupid cheap. But um, finally sat down, binged it, and we when we were talking about finales, um, a couple of shows we already discussed had me thinking about, you know, I never really got upset about, I don't think I ever really got too upset about how something ended. I might have thought about that 
I didn't think it was going to go that way or something like that. And um, Batman definitely had kind of a weird final season because of the journey Don Draper was on. But it was, right. uh, it was, yeah, it, it, it was a fascinating show to watch. And and I don't think if 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 my wife had a problem with it, I don't think she would have sat there. And she started yeah. before me. She she started, and then I was like, I'm interested. So she went back handful of episodes in the first season and we watched it straight through together and if um if she had any issues with it i don't think she would have stuck with it but it was it was fascinating to to see everybody i mean i wish we got a little bit more of sal it was kind of sad to see salvatore's his arc kind of just go away but um you know and i don't know if that was indicative of of the time with the way they thought about or 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 treated uh people in the closet but it was it it's yeah and and even peggy's transformation and and it was it was it really was it it was it was a great show i i will say that i i'm Mm -hmm. and i'm surprised it's you know i i I kind of pictured in my mind where i thought some of your picks were going to go and i thought we were going to get a lot more hbo shows in your top five than we have but um well you've got two two of four so far (laughs) yeah i know i know we're not done yet uh, well, no, that's, I mean, Mad Men is AMC, so I guess that's yes. I have one HBO yeah. show, right? Um, but we uh, and and but it's yeah, no, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to see it there. It's definitely in my top ten, but yeah, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. glad to see it. And two of the things about um, about Mad Men, which I just want to say, because Hassan yeah. touched on this, and I like Mad Men's one of the first shows I think that 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 did what you were saying, which again we take for granted now because of streaming. Each season was thirteen episodes, um, so it yes. wasn't. It, it wasn't a show where there was a lot of fluff. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was, it, it was, you know, it was definitely a tight show. And the other thing is it's, it's one of the few shows. Um, it wasn't a huge rating show. Um, this was definitely one of the shows, um, that was a massive hit in no small part because of DVD sales. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it never got more than I don't even think it ever got more than than three million viewers an episode um, at its peak. And that was four or five years in after it won a bunch of Emmys. So, um, again, in today's streaming world, three million viewers would be phenomenal. People would be loving loving it. But back then, that wasn't a huge it wasn't a a hugely watched show live. But uh, but then it did go on to just sell just an absolute shit ton of DVDs. And this is huge. It's still to this day a very popular streaming show. But but yeah, I just um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's it's just very romantic. It's a very romantic show, and not romantic in like the oh, let's fall in love. I mean, romantic in just the 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 look and feel and the passion for the for the time. I I just uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 unique. So uh, a couple of things. One is my my wife does not like dramas. Uh, yet there's only two dramas she likes to watch. Uh, she loved Mad Men, and she loves Billions. And it's the only two like dramas that she watched on a regular basis. Um, and Mad Men was my number one choice. Oh, uh, that was my number one pick. Shit. Yes, um, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I had no there idea. And, and it is like I talk about flaws in every show I talked about, and I thought Mad Men was, in my humble opinion, was perfect from beginning to end. It was Matthew Weiner was the creator, and he ran the whole show with the yeah. same and. It felt consistent. I love. I, I know some people didn't like the Any Amendment. I thought it was perfect. Me too. Uh, so, I mean, 
I did not see like him smiling. He's doing the yoga. Then suddenly there's a little smirk, and mm-hmm. then you see the infamous Coca-Cola commercial. Sorry, yep. spoilers for a show. But I, I, I love the show for all the reasons you said. Um, I, I also think like it, it like it's a uh, it's a capsule going back to the '60s. But you know, the one thing it tells us that we always think, oh, things, you know, well, not us, but older generations say, oh, things need to be better. And when you watch the show, you realize that it wasn't better. It's just people hid things. People Absolutely, hid their yeah. issues. And you realize that. And and Don Draper is a great character. And to your point, it's like an anti-hero. Um, and it's all about identity. It also, I thought it dealt well with the stress of working corporate America. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could tell. The stress of being a provider. The stress of. Provider. Of, right. Yeah. Oh, Exactly. Keeping and, up with the Joneses uh, of appearances. Exactly. Um, and I, you know, the actors on the show were just phenomenal. And and I really don't care about the Emmys as much as, you know, like as I used to, but I was really happy that John Hamm won Best Actor in the last season because he really, if it wasn't for like perfect casting of John Hamm being Don Draper, I don't think the show would be as effective because he, yep. he carried the show. I mean, obviously, there's all these other good actors like Jared Harris. Obviously, January, it's only probably only great show Janet Jones has ever I been know. on. I know, right? <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I know. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, I forgot the name of the young actress who's now Sabrina. I mean, she really blossomed on that show. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, honestly, I love Roger Sterling. Uh, great character. I mean, right, yeah, I love it when uh, the yeah, Vincent Carthage is great. I mean, is Pete? I mean, yeah, it, it's like it's like it was a it was a. I mean, I don't want to say so it was near perfect TV show. To your point, it wasn't popular when it was coming out. I think it was popular on AMC terms, but it wasn't popular outside of AMC. But you're right; it got a lot of buzz for the DVDs, the awards. Um, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's to this day, one of my favorite shows. I have not rewatched the whole season, but I have rewatched a lot of the episodes, especially the early episodes and it still holds up because why there's a storyline for all seven seasons, each episode is like a, it's so well done and you can just watch one episode and go, wow, that's amazing what they did. In this episode, you know, yeah. um, and so I just love it. It's one of my. It's it is like my number one show, and uh, I know this is a comic podcast, and it's not sci-fi, it's not comic related, but it is my number one show. I, I love, love Batman. It. Much love. All right, great. Well, let's keep it rolling. I mean, we we went from two to one, right? Let's just do it. Let's dap. Let's hit it. Let's. What's your number one show, baby? Oh, my number one show uh, is. And if you say if you say uh, supermarket sweep, I'm walking out. Why would I take your number one show? <laughs> there we go. Um, it is a show where up until this year it would not have been on this list. Um, I I binged it recently, uh, and and it's a show where I don't think if we were coming out of a pandemic, it might not have hit me the way it did. If um, it 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 consumed me, and and if it, it I. I watched an episode and I had to kind of think about what I just watched and then I immediately went into the next episode and 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 seeing these people go through what they go through um and it it was just something that 
I I want more people to experience, but I know it's heavy and and it's not necessarily something that everybody can kind of kind of sit through. It's only twenty eight episodes, um, over to three seasons, and I think it's it. it I don't know. There are very few things that 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 have touched me on on this level. One one thing might be the first Matrix movie, but other than that, um, there's a lot of entertainment or a lot of things that I just consume that I can kind of think about, roll over my head, and I can just kind of put away. But this this has stuck with me, and and it is it's it's the leftovers. I don't know why this has just catapulted over everything else I've watched since I've been alive but there is there's something that I just cannot shake whether it's it's Kevin's story or Nora's story or whatever the hell Tommy's going through and and Matt's whole thing with God is just it's it's heartbreaking in some aspects everybody does such a phenomenal job that you can feel their pain and their anguish and whatever they're trying to get across at that moment you 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 can't help but feel along with them i i i give a hell of a lot of credit to david lindelof for for seeing something in this novel because i read the novel and the novel's fine and all and the novel is ba- basically the first season is based on the novel seasons two and three completely go in a different direction uh the book there's some things in the book that um that just play out better on the show the the, the book is fine parad is a, 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 a fine writer but what we get out of that and the way the characters are portrayed in the book is nothing the, like the way they are on on the show and um the show absolutely gives gives them all life and uh purpose to a degree and it is just it's it's absolutely fantastic whether it's what's whether it's it's throw or 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 coon or echoes i just i i i adore everything about the show i'm going to be watching it again real soon and i um i i i want more people to see it and again realizing that uh it's heavy in parts and, and there are things that people might not want to deal with by watching it or, or, or see in themselves or, or come to grips with, but it's, it's well worth the time I feel, but yeah, it, it's absolutely hands down my right now, my all time favorite TV show. Yeah. Respect. I mean, as you know, I watched it after you watched it and were absolutely just adored with it because I had tried to watch it a few times before and never, never followed through. And then, um, but yeah, it is an incredible show. It really is an incredible show. Uh, so thought provoking and unique. Nothing. I don't think there's ever been a show like it. Uh, and listen, Justin Thoreau is a handsome man. I mean, you know, I he is. Uh, Holy crap. I'm a cis dude, but like, if I wasn't going to be for a day, I might, I might, I might try and get his digits. I mean, yes, there is a handsome fella. And, and also a funny dude. Like, can you believe you wrote Tropic Thunder? Like, that's cr- like, <laughs> like, how does that, how is that? He's I, just, didn't, he, I didn't realize that. Yes. Yeah, he's that good looking. He's wrote a bunch of things, actually. 
yeah. And he, and he was married to, to Jennifer Anna. It's like, damn, dude. Um, yeah, I figured that was going to be on your list, so I wasn't sure it was going to make the number one, but then I, when, it, when you hadn't listed it, I thought, oh, damn. <laughs> um, so, I mean, most of you that know me probably aren't surprised because I haven't mentioned it yet what my number one is because how could it not be? Uh, this is The Wire. I mean, I, I, I have watched The Wire three times through completely, uh, including during the pandemic. I rewatched it. Um, I, I just think for me it's the perfect television show. I think it's, uh, of course, created by David Simon, who was a police reporter before he became a, 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 a very wealthy and successful television writer. Um, I just think it's everything I want in a television show. It's, uh, first of all, I should note that, uh, that, it, that, uh, you know, 14 of our 15 picks, uh, were dramas. Um, and, and I have a top 10 here and, and, and a comedy didn't come close to sniffing my top 10. Uh, not say I don't like comedies, but I, I just, for me, when I think of shows that are going to leave their mark, it's not, it's, it's dramatic stuff. And, uh, you know, I was a son of a cop and, and I wasn't, you know, my dad wasn't a suburban cop. He was a cop in Trenton, um, which is, it has a lot of similarities to Baltimore. For those that don't know, sorry, I should assume, for those that don't know that haven't seen it or, or have heard of it, uh, the wire was a uh, an HBO drama, um, sixty episodes, five seasons, twelve episodes a season, uh, that centered around Baltimore and uh, crime in Baltimore. And I don't say police because while the show is in some ways a police drama, the, one of the reasons that it is my all time favorite show is that each season is a distinct story about a different component of urban life. Um, you've got a season that focuses on the police. You've got a season that focuses on the gangs and the drug trade. You've got a season that focuses on the, you know, the third estate or the fourth estate, you know, the, the, the media, you've got politics, you've got education. Um, and, and that each of those is the centerpiece of each of the seasons. So, uh, different acts, if you will. And, um, there are many recurring characters throughout each of those seasons, but, but the, the focal point and the message is based on a, a different component of the, the, the inner city ecosystem. And, um, I just, uh, you know, I just, I rewatch it and I'm just, just gobsmacked at the, at the quality of the actors and the characters that have just stuck with me forever. I mean, uh, Dominic West is McNulty and, uh, you know, Idris Elba is probably the most, I it's fair to say now, I mean, he's by far and away the most successful post the wire, because he's going to be uh, a guy who's seemingly in every film ever made since then. Um, um, but but he was incredible. But, you know, that being said, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, he, he gets killed halfway through the show, the show. I mean, this was much like The Sopranos, an HBO show where 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 people come and then they go. They get killed off. They 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 get they get forgotten about because their story arc ends. And I just I I I, I just. I don't know. I just I think that it, it there's never been a show before or after it that 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 takes a real look at 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 urban environments and the complexities of living in that environment and the complexities of being police or or in the drug game and it doesn't unlike a show like say like Sons of Anarchy or something where it just goes over the top and romanticizes it and makes it seem like fun 
there's nothing fun about these people's lives. I mean, it is a fucking ball of stress, man. The cops are all overworked and and drunks and womanizers and fucking assholes. But they love each other and they're committed to each other and they are trying to do what's right, at least what they think is right for the most part. Uh, the same thing with the 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 drug guys, uh, you know, um, at the beginning of the show, you, you have a, a, a group called the Bar, you know, the Barksdales and their crew, Idris Elba's his right hand man. And they're just on top of the world, man. You know, they're making millions. They're, they're trying to legitimize themselves. They're they're They two steps ahead of the police, but like they get undone because in the real world, that's what happens in the drug trade. You're like, you're on top until you're not, you know? And then when you're not, things go real bad. And, uh, it's just, I just think it's so human. The show's so human, but everybody's so fascinating. And there's also recurring characters that are drug addicts. And you see they have just these incredibly heartbreaking ups and downs. And some end well and some end horribly. And I just, there's not a show that I've ever seen where I can think back on it and just have deep, deep memories and visceral emotional reactions to dozens of the people that were on that show. Like each one of them just, I can just still think so much about the entire arc that they had. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if people haven't seen the show, I just can't recommend it enough. I, I think it's it's absolutely just perfect, perfect filmmaking in every way. And, and I love the symmetry of it. I love that it's five 12 issue, se- 12 issue seasons and, and each season stands on its own. So yeah, I just, uh, I, I like I said, when we decided to do this episode, the first thing I put into the spreadsheet was the wire number one. Like there was just nothing, it was no chance that this wasn't gonna be my pick for me uh with this so and and one of the few shows if maybe the only show i've ever watched three times uh straight through so so yeah the wire Shame on both of you for not having it on your list but i'll get over it well, it is I, it's, it's a top that. 10 oh my god oh, no. you gotta Again, see it awesome. I, I, come on dog i know I, oh. it's on my list it's gonna i'm gonna watch it okay i'm gonna watch sopranos leftovers and the Wire, because I have never seen all three of those. Don't worry about the yeah. Sopranos. Watch The Wire. Then, yeah. Then if you yeah, got watch time, the yeah. Oh, I mean, if, if I, I'm, I'm glad you watched Banshee, but if I had known you didn't watch The Wire, I would have said to watch The Wire first. Oh, well, Banshee's like easy. That was like easy TV. That's like that. That was like uh, that was just fun to watch. Yeah, you know? you're, you're, uh, I agree. Banshee's um, one of my lists, by the way. It's, it's not just not on my all-time favorite lists. Yeah, no, it's, it's on, on my, my list, list too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's on my list too. Vancey is just like blew me away. It's stupid fun, outrageous, ridiculous. but it's so good. I mean, I'll it's post ridiculous. the rest of my. I'll post my my entire list of what I've written down on. Uh, well, I, so yeah, I mean, um, well, let's see. So let me recap. I'll recap the top five for those that are uh, you know that are playing along. Okay, Hassan's top five from five to one. Justified, Lost, Star Trek: The Next Generation, Twin Peaks, and Mad Men. Daps top five from five to one. Leverage justified. The kids in the hall. Sherlock. The leftovers. And my top five: uh, The West Wing, Battlestar Galactica, Redux, The Sopranos, Mad Men, and The Wire. There are all-time favorite shows. And like I said, the only comedic show in that list is The Kids in the Hall, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that. I, I just feel like, I mean, I like sitcoms, but this is like, to your point, um, I don't think they have a lasting impact. Like, when I even think of movies, 
like there are movies like uh, uh, comedy that I like, but what have a lasting impact are either action movies or dramas. Those have a lasting impact on me. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. Well, let's um, let's run through some of our favorite comedies because that was a category we asked the audience to participate in. So I'm sure we have a list. Yeah, I've got um, I've got The Office on mine. I think I think Shit's Creek is definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Cheers. I got Night Court and 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 for Vince, I have uh, I have the monkeys. And <laughs> Jesus, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, hey, where are the monkeys? Okay. Do you have any? Interesting. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, the Office is my. I have my top choice is The Office because I think that that has more staying power than most sitcoms. Then after that, Seinfeld. Uh, then Cheers and Mash. Though I, I didn't go to ask after Mash, uh, but those are my top four. Okay, it's, that is interesting. The um, of the nine shows that you all, well, you both said The Office. So of the eight that you threw out there between you, no, oh, you both said Cheers too. Of the shows you both threw out there, <laughs> I, uh, I, I own the only one. Uh, I don't have any of them. No, I have Shit's Creek on my list. Okay. Um, I, 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 I did a top 10 comedies cause none of them made my top five, uh, number 10, it's awkward as it may be the Cosby show. Again, I'm not looking to rewatch the Cosby show anytime soon. I haven't seen an episode in, in 15 years, but, but at the time it was, you know, there was a reason why it was the, the anchor show on a, on the most popular, uh, night of television. Uh, number nine, similarly family ties. Uh, I cannot under, under, I cannot overstate how much the character of Alex P. Keaton had on me ending up being the person I am today, wanting to go to business school, be in finance. It just, uh, that was definitely, I had a non-trivial role in, in becoming me becoming who I am. Uh, eight is Schitt's Creek. Seven, Key and Peele. Uh, love, again, not a sitcom, but, but certainly a comedy show. Uh, six, Parks and Rec. Five, uh, something I watched this year for the first time, uh, Letter Kenny. I watched all 10. Oh, seasons. fuck, yes. Yeah, that's on my list. Fucking yeah. A is that show unbelievably funny and brilliantly written. Uh, number four, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I don't have Seinfeld on my list, but uh, that's because I have Curb. I feel like kind of spiritual cousins of one another. Um, number three, Chappelle's show. Uh, absolutely love that he's getting his money from it again. That's awesome. Uh, number two, The League, because, you know, fantasy football. How could I not? And for me, the number one, comedy of all time uh and a shout out to my middle son jackson because i know he would agree with me it's uh it's community i think that show is fucking absolutely like balls to the wall brilliant i think every episode is just so creative and each each episode is like its own genre so i love that show i would uh yeah i I gotta add portlandia to mine as well ah you know i hear great things never saw it but i definitely so funny about that yeah that's awesome. All right, how about um, how about favorite cartoons? Seems like a totally okay. that's kind of easy. Yeah. Um, okay. Go ahead, then, Mr. Easy. Batman animated series, of course. I've got Is that five or one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, these are just um, this yeah. is a mix because the couple of them are still ongoing. Okay. Uh, like Rick and Morty, uh, and Archer, but I also have regular show and Adventure Time and Harley Quinn. Okay. 
I, I can co-sign with most of those. Awesome. Okay, uh, number one is Robotech. Uh, that's yes. what really got me to animate. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Robotech. It blew me away. Uh, it's kind of like it, it didn't have like, you know, when people die or when the planes got shot, you didn't see someone somehow have a parachute like G.I. Joe did. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's like old, something more modern, but it's been a while. It's Cowboy Bebop is number two. Love Never seen it. It's on like everybody's list. So I gotta watch it. You, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. It's so well done. Uh, number three is Looney Tunes. Uh, I love my Bugs Bunny. Uh, I love the Looney Tunes. Um, you guys ever watch the Looney Tunes? Oh, you know, course, Bugs sure, Bunny of Oh yeah, of course, yeah. So so uh, okay, tangent. Um, you ever seen a cartoon where there's a character named Hassan, and he mm -hmm. goes like. Trying to, uh, it was a Daffy Duck, a Daffy Duck. Yeah, because Hassan uh, Chopper. Yeah, my uh, my high school nickname was the Chopper because oh. of that cartoon. <laughs> oh, Hassan! Yeah, like like my even my algebra uh, teacher kept calling me the Chopper. Hey, Chopper! Um, so that was my high school nickname. Um, then the Batman animated series, and then then the Cats, and then He Man. I really, really. Love the Thundercats of He-Man. Um, Thundercats a little bit more than He-Man, but um, I'm not sure they hold up. But they really, uh, they I really like them. And not only that, it's like those two shows are my brother's favorite cartoons of all mm -hmm. time, and it's it's the thing that we bonded with. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, that's those that's my list. And then obviously nice. a whole bunch of DC cartoons. Nice. Yeah, I got to say, I, mean, I just rewatched the first season of Thundercats, and uh, it, it, it. I don't think like story wise it holds up, but but animation is incredible still to this day. I mean, I think the animation is just it's just stunning, and um, I just think those '80s cartoons were silly, and and I think so. I was laughing out loud at points for how silly it was, but I mean, but but which I didn't as a kid. I didn't watch them thinking they were silly, but but uh, but yeah, I still. Visually, I, Thundercats, both in terms of the character designs and and just the overall animation style, I think is just incredible. Um, okay, uh, my list: uh, Teen Titans Go. Uh, okay, that's good. Adventure Time. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I literally, I feel like ninety percent of people that submitted had Batman the animated series on there, and I get that. But for me, Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited. We're on my list versus Batman. I probably because I wasn't a Batman kid growing up, but I loved Justice League and the idea that you saw all these different heroes, and you saw little even. I just loved when they had like them walking through the, the satellite, the watchtower, just just almost like they were just just set pieces. I just I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I wish I had Robotech May Cross on my list. I feel st stupid for not, but I feel like I made up for a little bit by having Star Blazers on my list. Um, oh, Star Blazers, all that. That's a great show, man. I, yeah. I, it's, I love that show. I, I, uh, I just, uh, yeah, that's a great show. That's a great show. Sorry. I, no, it's all right. I have, I have the Yamato, the, the ship itself. And, and in Japan, of course, it was, the show was called Battleship Yamato. I have the Yamato, a model of the Yamato in my uh, office in New York. Um, uh, shout out to Dappa. I have a uh, regular show. Uh, uh, on there as well. Um, love that fucking show. Uh, Young Justice. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think Young Justice may be my favorite superhero cartoon. Uh, nostalgia uh, has me with Transformers and G.I. Joe. Uh, I yes. watched the first two seasons of each of those shows over the pandemic. And much like Thundercats, like they're pretty terrible. Like there's not a lot of cohesiveness from week to week in terms of plot or ongoing narrative and, and stuff. But, but, but I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'll never be able to replace the place they hold in my mind for that age going home. And I mean, after school and watching them and just being absolutely gripped. And then the feeling of pure unbridled elation when I would go to Toys R Us and see that these, these, these figures and characters were available to me. I mean, it was just, was just like the perfect for a kid of that age. Uh, Clone oh, Wars. I, I, hmm? Yep. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to say the hunting of the toys for GI Joe and and Transformers. Oh my God! I oh, I, I, oh. I I remember I convinced my mom to go to Toys R Us right when it opened up, and I got the new like the second version of Snake Eyes. I was so excited! Oh my God! And think about it that that was such a powerful moment for all of us that we're still supporting those companies today. I mean, Hasbro only exists today to make more expensive replicas of those same toys for people our age. Like kids don't buy those toys anymore. Like kids aren't saying, dad, can you take me to the store so I can get a Marvel legends? We are waiting in line, hoping we can find the box of Marvel legends before they get taken off the shelf. Like that's, that's the world. Exactly. We're in um, yeah. And then my others are, uh, are like I said, clone wars. I think the, f- and, and I, I'm, like I would throw that and Rebels and Bad Batch all together. I mean, I, I think they're all basically they're all an ongoing narrative of cartoons in the Star Wars universe created and showrun by Dave Filoni. Uh, and then uh, and then my number one um, has and always will be Scooby Doo. Where are you? That's my shit, man. Scooby Doo's my fucking boy. Uh, I, that's my dog. So quite literally. So. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm not along to all those. Um, I'd have them on my list. I didn't. I'd, I'd also throw G Force on there. Mm, um, yes, and mm-hmm. uh, and Johnny yeah, Quest. Ah, uh, now you lost me, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Nice. Uh, let's let's see here. What do we got? Question wise, we've got. Um, all right. Our our man. Shout out to Ray. He's got two questions. They're 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 similar in scope, so I'll just ask them both. Um, which team of people from one of your favorite shows would you join on that show's adventure, mystery, etc.? And then, what character from a different favorite show would you pull in to join said team? That's a good question. Um, well, I wouldn't pick anything from Twin Peaks or Lost because I like to live. <laughs> Um, I feel like I'd be dead somehow. Uh, I was thinking about it. I was thinking it'd be uh, justified. And, you know, I don't know what a particular episode would be, but I was thinking that we would have to travel to the county of Banshee to extract Bora. And, of course, things don't go well. So I kind of answered the second part of the question. What favorite, sh- uh, what character from a different favorite show will you pull in? Uh, it's um. Oh my God, the sheriff from Banshee. What's his face? Uh, Lucas. Uh, Lucas, right? Luke, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lucas. 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 Heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was his, that was uh, the name I mean, he took. Crossover. That's right. That's right. That would be a good crossover. Uh, like like me. Uh, um, 
uh, 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 just by characters and Banshee characters. Yeah, I, I thought that that would be interesting. Yeah, nice. Rayla. Sorry, I don't know why I'm I'm losing the names mm-hmm. in my head right now. But yeah, yeah. Two cool guys <laughs> probably gonna get a fight. I mean, for me, almost all my shows are about anti-heroes, so I don't know that I'd like want to roll with them, really. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, like, Especially like, the Wire or The Sopranos, you might be yeah, dead. You know, so. Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I could, I could, I could hang with the with the Mad Men crew, uh, certainly. You know, uh, I guess my life is a modern ver- adjacent to that in a way, but. Um, I'd say the West Wing. I mean, you know, in another life, I would have been involved in politics, and uh, uh, yeah, I think I think I would have hung out in the West Wing as a as a speech writer. That would be cool. I could I could I could be down with that. That'd be fun, having some influence, but not having to be the person everybody hates. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Uh, I'd uh, I'd 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 pal around with the. Uh... With the leverage folks and help them right some wrongs. Okay, I, I thought you were going to uh, don uh, don all white and uh, be part of the guilty remnant. <laughs> I'm not going to be part of the guilty remnant. No, 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 no. And with my luck in the leftovers, I'd be one of the two percent. So, <laughs> so well, maybe that's maybe they were the ones that. It, it was maybe that's the good. Maybe that that's is, the yeah, good. maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you get to the end, the last episode, maybe it is for sure. Um, let's see. We've got uh, our good friend Jonathan Gordon asks a pretty simple question: uh, What is our favorite era of Saturday Night Live? His being the uh, mid '90s with Mike Myers, Phil Hartman blending into Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan. Yeah, that's that. That's about. Um, that's probably mine. I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I th- th- that's when I'd get home and stay up late to watch it on Saturday nights. Um, Hartman was fantastic. I love Wayne's World and mm-hmm. uh, and Will Ferrell and and Cherry O'Terry as as the cheerleaders and and uh, Dog Show. It's yeah, that's that's kind of and. That's pretty much when I last watched it with any regularity. When, when once uh, Jimmy Fallon and and the new crew kind of came on, I I, I kind of bounced, um, which is weird because I, I never really I enjoyed most of the skits, and I'm usually down for for Weekend Update, but um, Dennis Miller on Weekend Update wasn't wasn't my steed, and and uh, and I didn't see Seth Meyers on it. And I didn't see Tina Fey or, or Amy Poehler when they were on it, so it we're kind of back to watching it from time to time. But the last time I think I felt there was any sort of greatness was uh, was the um, when Farrell and Norm Macdonald and a few of the other folks were uh, were regulars. Yeah, I mean it would be the same for me. I I, I think it. I think the answer to this question honestly is comes down to how old you are. Because yeah, it just comes yeah, down to uh, when you were really into it. And, and like you said, Dap, I mean, I've always thought SNL is fun. And I love that now you can kind of just go and if you hear something's funny, you can go and just watch the skits because of streaming and stuff. But I, I, I think there was a, 
maybe a six-year window where I watched it pretty religiously, and then I haven't really watched it religiously since. I mean, I will tune in for an episode of, again, if it's a special guest host who I really dig, or if, or if I know it's going to be a certain skit that gets talked up. But I, I don't. It's been a long time since I've made watching Saturday Night Live a, a priority. So when I think back to the to the that era, um, you know, that's for me was was the era the Dana Carvey's and Nora Dunn and Hartman and. John Lovitz and Dennis Miller and Kevin Nealon and I mean that that's that's the era I most remember. Uh, so and, and to be fair, I mean I I was super. There was a time when I was super into SNL around then, such that I went and did go back and watch the old stuff with, you know, the OG stuff um, with right. Belushi and and with Bill Murray and and Eddie Murphy and that stuff is amazing. But I, I mean, but I didn't live through it in the moment, so it, it's it, I don't think it's I can I don't think I incredibly put that over the uh the 90s era well i think you just did a dig to me because you're saying oh it depends how old you are and i'm slightly older than you guys and <laughs> so my favorite error is the with eddie murphy because just, well, you like you yeah. said i i was in middle school when he was on snl and yeah. it was a much discussion on monday on the bus to school i mean sure everybody watched eddie murphy and i i and like Anyone for carrying the show, so it's kind of weird to say that's my favorite error, but it really got me into comedy, like listening to stand-up comedy because of Eddie Murphy. Um, we're gonna have a whole huge discussion on Eddie Murphy, raw and delirious, and I just sort of watch those things all the time. And I just thought Eddie Murphy was the funniest, and I still to this day think he's one of the funniest uh, movie stars. I mean, I have a fondness to his old movies that he did. Um, and uh, I think that's my favorite error is uh, Eddie Murphy uh, error. Yeah, nice. I mean, there were some dudes there. I mean, you had Billy Crystal. Oh yeah, of course. And, and, and yeah, that's right, Billy Crystal. And unfortunately, Joe Piscopo. But I mean, no, there were some. The, the, I mean, uh, and there, there were people that have come and gone from Saturday Live that you make people not not even remember because they didn't really make their marks there. Like you know what I mean? Like I mean, it's just like, like wow. what's that? Like Robert John Jr. was actually on SNL for a season. That's right. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is a perfect one. Yeah. I mean, Chris Elliott was on there. Julie Louis Christ- Dreyfus. Christopher, Christopher Guest was on there for a season. Yep. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey was on for a season. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Anthony Michael Hall was on for a season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, these are people that like they came and went, but they went on to do other other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, right on. All right. Well, um, let's see here. Uh, we're getting long in the tooth. Uh, any other lists that we didn't tackle that we were supposed to tackle? I'm trying to look. You guys have any other lists of shows, niches, genres? Did we answer if you were uh, from Jonathan Wilbur? There's a couple of questions. Like, if you could make any comic a TV show, what would be that comic? Oh, uh, yeah, good call. Um,. Hmm. You guys go. I have to I call yeah, I thought uh, two things. One is uh, one's an anime series. I thought East of West would be a great anime series. Hey, uh, hey. In that, yeah, I, I I think that would be a great anime series. And then, I mean, it's kind of hard to figure out what comic would be a good TV show because I feel like every comic is option to be a TV show. But um, I would like. To see the Invisibles by Grant Morrison, a whole bunch of artists, uh, including Phil Jimenez, uh, to be a TV show. It, it's kind of influenced The Matrix. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I love that series, Invisibles. And I know it'd be complicated to do, but I feel like with streaming, you could do something like that. Um, sure. So I would think that would be an interesting uh, TV show uh, based on a comic book. Awesome. Uh, I mean, we got the pilot for Global Frequency, so I won't cheat and say that, but I will say Planetary. That's a great one, too. Oh, that, that would really That's good. That's a great pick, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, similarly, like so, some of the ones that would be at the top of my list, we either have already gotten and or are getting, like Fear Agent is coming, um, Why the Last Man is coming, obviously Deadly Class came and went, um, Scalped, I, unfortunately we got a pilot and it didn't get picked up, that bums me out, because I would have loved to have seen that. Um, of the ones I don't think we've had any movement on, but I would just, personally would just, plots would be 100 bullets. That's probably my favorite comic mm-hmm. series that hasn't in some way been turned into a TV or at least theoretically is in the work. So that'd probably be a top of my list under bullets. And, and that'd be a show too that would be pretty complicated to make uh, just in terms of it's a very, very complicated plot and a ton of characters. And uh, I, I, it would have to be handled in very deft hands. Definitely would have to be something on a streaming network, not not a network type of thing. So. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right. Let me, uh, let me shout out the, I'm not going to be able to read everybody's submissions for everything. Cause it would, you know, pretty long, but I will read off since people did take the time, I will read off everybody's favorite TV shows. Now they, people answered genres too, like cartoons, sci-fi comics, but, um, but that, uh, that you can all see in the Slack if you're part of it. Um, but I will shout out everybody's favorite shows. So Ian, uh, this is everybody's favorite shows, just in, in overall. Ian, uh, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, Sapphire and Steel, Blake's Seven, The Prisoner. Now I will note you will notice as I read these off that uh, there's a UK set of answers and there's a <laughs> there's an American set of answers. Um, uh, Francisco Mercado, uh, Game of Thrones, Babylon Five, Lovecraft Country, and Twenty Four. Uh, Jonathan Gordon, West Wing, Raj, The Leftovers. See, that's kissing up to Dap. Uh, Tony Esmond, uh, The Prisoner or Blake Seven, UK guy. Jonathan Wilbur, The Wire, Deadwood, Breaking Bad, True Detective, Mad Men, and Fleabag. So uh, that's my man right there. Fleabag is a great uh, show. I haven't seen that show. But oh, it's being that I love the other shows in his list, I, I, I need to watch that. Uh, Jono, uh, Deadwood. Tom Kelly, Mash and Knight Rider, deep cuts there. Uh, Arnie, The Good Place, top spot, no doubt, he says. Uh, D-Dub, The Wire, Cameron, Sopranos, Fleabag, Wire, Bojack Horseman, Warrior, The Mighty Boosh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, Spaced, and Father Ted. Uh, Tyler Verissimo, Fringe, Breaking Bad, True Detective, Season 1, Mayor of Easttown, uh, Larry, Star Trek The Next Generation, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, G.I. Joe Transformers, uh, Chris Stetz, The Wire, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Ray Donovan, The Sopranos, Tim Meekins, Babylon 5, Lex, Red Dwarf, Black Books, Twin Peaks, Austin Ellis, Batman the Animated Series and The Sopranos. Jay Tomio. DS9. Downton Abbey. 
Chappelle's show, The Get Down, Game of Thrones. Chris Chavez, Lost, Space 1999, Schitt's Creek, ER, The Six Million Dollar Man. ER being, I believe, Hassan's fake number one show. Uh, Flippa Dippa, The Sopranos. Davin, Game of Thrones and Westworld. Uh, Caleb, Alexander McKinsey, House of Cards. And he says, problematic actor notwithstanding. Uh, Tim B., Doctor Whom, The Prisoner, and Jam. I've never heard of Jam. Uh, Pete, Sopranos, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Wire, Oz, and Law and Order. Mike Del Vecchio, The Simpsons. Juan Manuel, Alo Alo, Modern Family, Northern Exposure. Uh, Matt Colbert, Better Call Saul, Sons of Anarchy, The Shield, and Twin Peaks. Neil, 24. Patrick L., Legion, Battlestar Galactica, X-Files. Some guy named Rod, Doctor Who, and Nowhere Man. Bryce Bridges, Breaking Bad, Veronica Mars, shout out to... uh, uh, Documentary Now and What We Do in the Shadows. Chris Revikant, by the way, buddy, hope you're feeling better. Get well soon. Uh, Justified and Rescue Me. Patrick Lost. Jeff Bouchard, congrats, Jeff, on your big move. The Wire. Uh, Mark Haddock, Knight Rider. Wow, two Knight Riders. Talk about, talk about surprising there. Um, Ray says he adhered to the DAP rules mostly. Uh, so his shows are Bosch, Justified, The Wire, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Sherlock, and Pushing Daisies, Trevor Plop, Faulty Towers, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, OG Star Trek, Police Squad, and Dick Van Dyke Show. Trevor, you sound like you're 70, buddy. You're not actually 70, but you sound like you're... Uh, Dan Wisniewski, Homeland, 19-2, and The Wire, and last but certainly not least, Mr. Jeff Carter with Picket Fences, Parks and Rec, and The Andy Griffith Show. I'm saying, right? <laughs> Jesus, good for you guys, man. Wow. Um, okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, I'm just looking. I'm going to skim to see if there's any shows that we didn't shout out that uh, that made people's list. Uh, Battle of the Planets, Charlton and the Wheelies. Ulysses 31. I, I don't know what those last two are, but I'm maybe you guys do. Uh, definitely a lot of manga love, like for Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, Death Note, Boondocks, Family Guy got a bunch of mentions, One Piece. Um, uh, let's see. Big Bang Theory. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, the Expanse. Uh, Frasier. News Radio, uh, The Boys, Doom Patrol, uh, Primal, The Good Place. Um, oh, Arnie said The Good Place. So. Uh, New Girl, let's see, Samurai Jack, Thundar the Barbarian. That's a nice old school deep <laughs> uh, Arrested Development, Super Jail. Never heard of that. Um, Ultraman. It's a it's an Adult Swim cartoon. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it looks very much like uh, Prison Pit. Okay. Tuca and Birdie, the Drinky Cow Show. Uh, 
all the other Netflix shows that, I mean, Dapp's, Dapp mentioned Daredevil, but Punisher, um, Luke Cage, so forth. Uh, Invincible, which I enjoyed very much the first season, but it's only one season, so I put it on my list. Um, let's see. Uh, Quantum Leap. Farscape. Never saw that. Uh, Titans. Uh, Father Ted. Let's see. Uh, Lupin the Third, which is a, uh, an anime, I believe. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion got a few mentions. Another anime. Um, Devs. Shout out to that. Nice. That one. Okay. Um, Counterpart, which I'm not familiar with. That's I actually I, I just finished that a couple of weeks ago. It was a uh, it's a two seasons show. It's it was on Stars. J.K. Simmons uh, plays the lead. It's about. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, an alternate reality. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. There's a split, and it's okay, it's yeah. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cannon Busters. I'm not okay with this. Ducktales. Chuck. Shout out to Chuck. My wife and I loved that show. We watched it religiously. Um, Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, Hassan's favorite show, Buck Rogers. Uh, Ted Lasso. Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Uh, Gargoyles. It's a great show. Yeah, Gargoyles. Jessica Jones, Will and Grace. Uh, see, Venture Brothers, Danger Mouse, South Park. Surprise, South Park wasn't on there more. Uh, Nathan for you. Review. Tim and Eric's awesome show. Great job. Stella, Wet Hot American Summer, Detroiters, all from Pete. Never heard of any of those shows. Well, Wet Hot American Summer, I've heard of, but uh, never seen any of those shows. Um, the Tick. I don't know if I mentioned the tick already, but it was on another list. Uh, the Ranch, Land of the Giants, Dennis the Menace, I Love Lucy, Golden Girls, Jesus, you're old. Um, <laughs> uh, Gundam Wing, Batman Beyond, Last Airbend- Avatar, The Last Airbender, uh, The IT Crowd, Scrubs, Superstore, My Name is Earl, Lois and Clark. Uh, the Flash, Bob's Burgers, uh, the OC. Oh, I respect. Um, let's see. Gro- uh, wow, this is I don't know these. Groovy Ghoulies, um, Turbo Team, Chili Willy. All cartoons. Never, never, not familiar with any of them. Um, let's see. Don't trust the bitch in apartment twenty three. Yeah, it's uh, that's uh, Jessica yeah, Jones. Yep, Jack, right? yep, yep. Uh, the yeah, Munsters, yeah. Adam's family, married with children, Three's Company. So some old school sitcoms there. Respect. WandaVision, The Orville, Picket Fences, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Charlie Brown. Not sure that really counts people, but okay. Uh, I think that's it. I think I gave, I think that's all the shows mentioned that that we didn't cover in our own lists. So, so props, props. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have any runners up? I, like I said, I had a top ten overall. Um, like I said, it was my top five, and then I mentioned Justified was in my top ten because Hassan mentioned it, and then the other ones on my list, the top ten were Breaking Bad, Deadwood, Friday Night Lights, Clear Out, Clear Eyes, Full Hearts Can't Lose, and Game of Thrones. So. Uh, I've got um, 
I've got Monk, I've got Banshee, I got Deadwood, um, Scandal, I mentioned Portlandia, um, Downton Abbey, Buffy, mm-hmm. and that's um, mm, interesting. Oh yeah, no, I got Bosch. Oh, Goliath on here as well. Um, Seinfeld. Nice. I put Buffy in my. I had a favorite action list, and Buffy was my number one of that. Oh, Buffy. that's cool. Buffy, Banshee, Alias, Sons of Anarchy, and Knight Rider. Knight Rider. Okay. Listen, um, I, two, two two people had it as their favorite show, so I'm not that far. But yeah, I loved Night Rider as a kid, man. These David Hasselhoff. I, 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 no, I, I loved Night Rider as a kid. Same thing, A Team. I loved the A Team. You know, yeah, I, I love the A Team. Um, I think I, for the most part, I covered my uh, second half of the uh, uh, list by covering cartoons, the genres. And, yeah, okay. The genres, except one show I didn't. I, I, I think I mentioned kind of, but I didn't say specifically Dexter. It's on the bottom of the list. Uh, again, I really enjoyed Dexter, even though I thought the last season was not a great season. Um, but I really enjoyed Dexter. So, you see it's coming back? I know. I'm excited, man. Yeah. I'm excited. Hopefully, it would be a good coming back as a miniseries. Uh, I know some people are not excited, but um, hey, I'm going to try. If it's not good, I, I won't watch it. But Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Downton Abbey, Leftovers, This Is Us, Boardwalk Empire, Orange is the New Black, and The Killing were the dramas that I couldn't find a way onto a list, but I definitely are among my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Downton Abbey was probably, like, the one that was hard. Like, I, I I, kept thinking, like, I should put this on there, but then I'm like, eh. I don't really know that I can put it ahead of the other the ten I had. I just couldn't quite do it, but I, I love that goddamn show. And I, I totally forgot about the Sherlock show until that mentioned it. And I, yeah. we we as a family love that show, so I, I has to be somewhere in my top ten. Mm-hmm. I've totally forgot about it, but I love that show. And mm-hmm. House of Cards was absolutely at the time. Uh, it's it's a show where. You know, if we if, if we were opening up questions, you know, it's one show where I would have loved to have seen it go to its original conclusion. I, I I'm I'm sure prior to all of Spacey's issues um, coming to light, mm-hmm. that they had a different ending planned. And, yeah, and I would have loved to have seen that play. I mean, I still it it was fine. You know, as uh, with 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 Claire being the 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 head, and it's and and that they did the best with what they could. I have no problem with it, but I I, I wanted to see Frank's arc play out, and um, I realized that that's just me being selfish in that. That, but but that's one show where I would have liked to have seen it come to its original conclusion. Um, the good fight, the new season just started. Where we're making our way through, we're rewatching the older seasons first before we get to it, and um, and it's that's an extremely entertaining show. Um, it can be, it's easy to laugh at now, but at the time, it, it's a very Trump era show, and and it takes place pretty much right after the election, and uh, the lead character is a um, is a liberal, and. Um, and like most of the country didn't expect, but like most Democrats didn't expect the election to go the way it went. Um, so, so they 
the Kings, Robert and Michelle King, are the creators of the show. They they take a lot of shots at the former president, and um, and some of the things they do are so crazy and outlandish. But you have to pause for a second because they they'll 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 pipe in some news headlines that that Diane is thinking about the main character, and and you have to catch yourself because my wife and I'll sit there and be like, wait, did that? They're they're so stupid that you know they're fake but because of where we just came from you have to stop for a second because they actually could have really been a thing four years ago and uh mm-hmm. but it's done really well the 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 law firm is great it's it's a um it's a mostly african-american law firm where the stories take place in and we have a lot of fun with it it's it's funny you can laugh at it um but it it's you know it's still going on so i it's it's a very enjoyable show. It will probably be a top ten show for me when all said and done. But right now, uh, we're 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 just having fun with it. And the same thing with Evil, which has gone completely different than it did in the first season, which looks batshit crazy. I'm enjoying the two two episodes we've got of the second season, but that looks like it could end up being a show that uh, you'd recommend. I, I have a feeling it's one of those shows where. If it's ever on that list of you know the top ten shows you've never seen or you know you should have seen or you wish yeah. you knew about it when it was coming out no i would have watched it when it was but it it's it's nuts and 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 it's fun so yeah right on i'm with you on that nice should we wrap this puppy up i think we should wrap this puppy up uh yeah. we will uh i guess we'll do the usual thank you everybody for listening uh f- hope you enjoyed the list with us um i'm just going to you know what yeah what do i have for um in your travels um i caught up uh i I finished this first current arc with bendis's uh justice league where naomi comes into uh into the team because she's they want to Check out basically her power set, but uh, Brutus, the guy who um, who showed up in the first issue of um, of this new era, um, he's from Naomi's original homeworld. Justice League kind of makes sure it worked with him. He goes back home, um, then he comes back again, then he goes back to his homeworld. But this time, the Justice League follow him, and um, they fight on. Naomi's homeworld and some of the power sets for our heroes are a little wonky uh, or amplified in Black Canary's case but the um, the arc ends on on a positive note and you know I, I really if 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 you're familiar with you know Bendis's Avengers run the the conversations may seem they're going to be familiar in the sense that, you know, this is the way his characters have conversations. But, uh, but I really, I, I, I like the way he writes the justice league. I, I, I'm digging his green arrow big time. Um, mm-hmm. Superman is great. Of course, he's, he's got a handle on him after writing him for two years. And the, uh, it, it it's just, you know, seeing the interplay between Superman and Black Adam and and uh, even Batman, the way he's talking to Green Arrow or even Naomi, 
it's just it's a lot of fun i'm really happy with the justice even the justice league dark backup looks great uh ran v's telling a fun story with constantine and zatanna um and the art by uh zermanico is is uh is pretty tight but yeah the the, the bendis and marquez stuff that is bringing people to the book is uh is well worth the time i think in your travels catch up on justice league that's good to hear i concur nice um in your travels check out yo jim bot um which is a european comic that uh, i don't believe it's available in print here yet um but uh, i was turned on to it by a friend uh through europe comics um which we've dap and i've talked about a bunch they europe comics whole model is they bring bond sna over here in digital form uh before it comes to print and uh it's great, and they have great stuff, and they're also available on Comixology and often have great sales. So um, I have read Volumes 1 and 2. Volume 3 is now out, um, but uh, I, it's on my regime. Um, but uh, it's a pretty nifty premise. It's a sci-fi book. Basically, it's a, a near-future dystopian Japan. Um, there's a young boy named Hiro. Uh, and he is uh, basically just lives a relatively solitary existence with his dad. The island is um, that they live on is is like I said, it's dystopian, but there's also it's definitely a world where there are uh, sentient like androids that are part of the populace, um, and they're doing their thing, but they somehow get caught up with a group of uh, like paramilitary people and ends up. And this all happens in like the first few pages, so I'm not really split. Ends up, uh, and it's also in the solicit. Ends up, uh, Hero's dad ends up getting killed. So he's, he's orphaned in this world that he doesn't quite understand because he's not out in public very often. And all the while, there's a robot dressed like a Ronin. And he basically breaks his programming and comes to the boy's defense and whoops all kinds of ass. So, like, picture, if you will, like, what if C-3PO was suddenly trained as a Ronin and you've got your gym bot? Um, it's, it's one part dystopian lone wolf and cub type of vibe, one part super detailed, frenetic um, martial arts meets robotic warfare. So it's, it's definitely a visual treat and... Um, yeah, it's a blast so far. Like I said, it's an ongoing... I mean, the story, as as far as I'm concerned, is ongoing because I haven't read it all. It's written and drawn by... Uh, his name is Repos, R-E-P-O-S, Sylvain. And I'm not sure if Volume 3 is the final volume of this arc or not. It's not really clear um, from the first two. But uh, each book is about 40 pages. And they're five ninety nine on Comixology. So yeah, it's roughly the cost of an American comic on a page count basis. But it's really dope, man. It's real, real, real dope. I don't remember who turned me. It might have been Brian Clark that turned me onto this. Someone turned me onto it, and uh, I checked it out and then added it to my watch list. So every time a new issue comes out, I grab it. But yeah, check it out. Europe Comics, Yo Jim Bot. Cool, cool. 
So I'm going to pick a non-DC book. Uh, I'm going to pick a Marvel book. Um, you. Yeah, look, look, I know I'm being uh, different. Um, and I, I uh, caught up on a lot of Marvel books on vacation, and I got caught up on Fantastic Four, issues 32, 33, by Dan Slott and R.B. Sylvia. I, I think that's how I pronounce it. Uh, uh, he does majority art. Um, it's the first two parts of The Bride of Doom, uh, as everyone knows, because Marvel has a really good uh, uh, marketing machine, uh, Doom is Getting Married. Uh, Marvel kept the bride a secret, which is unusual, because uh, they like to spoil things when the issue comes out on the stand. So I won't spoil the reveal, but uh, Reed is Doom's best man, and the guest includes uh, the Black Panther and Namor. So obviously it's like the classic Fantastic Four characters. Um of course, this wouldn't be a Fantastic Four book without either Reed or Johnny screwing things up. And in this case, it's Johnny. How? Well, just to say that he does something that happens all the time on sitcoms when it comes with the bride-to-be. Um, so uh, I thought it was fun. I mean, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the uh, Fantastic Four relaunch at the beginning. In fact, I dropped the book. I think after issues four or five. Um, but I decided to pick it up again after uh, with Empire crossover, which is, I thought was a fun crossover. And I think it's definitely much better than it's, it, the, uh, this current run has started. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but in my mind, the biggest draw is RB Silvio's art, which is really amazing. So uh, yeah, um, I, Say, uh, uh, in your travels, uh, pick up Fantastic Four. Well done. I, I, I have bought every issue of that run, but I'm woefully behind. But now maybe I'll catch up because you've, you've vetted it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and again, the R is fantastic. I mean, yeah, I, I always think, uh, I, when I read comics, I, I do think the art is probably 55% of it. You know, like, uh, mm-hmm. I think art could save a average story. Um, but you can have a really good, well-written story. But sometimes the art would just take you out of the story. Yeah, I agree. I do agree with that. I mean, it's a visual medium, right? So. Exactly. I know we like to say it's 50-50, but it's, it's, it's not really 50-50. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. I mean, that's why the image guys are became popular, right? I mean, you know, it wasn't for the story. For sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, also, as Dap alluded, uh, the show, this particular episode was actually brought to you by our wonderful patrons, of which Hassan is one of our one of the many that we are grateful for. Uh, for those of you who want to know more, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash 11 o'clock comics that's one one o'clock comics and uh, there's a nifty little description there of uh what we offer and what you'll get and you can see hundreds and hundreds of posts uh, you can't read the posts unfortunately if you're not a patron but you can get a sense of what they are and uh yeah we've got the cover of the day going we've got another auction coming up um, i am finally ready i've read enough i'm finally ready to start doing my uh much anticipated review of sandman uh, so oh, that'll, oh, cool. that'll, be, that, that'll be coming over the, over this summer here. Um, I will say, uh, and I was warned about this. I, I think you, you need to kind of 
you need to put in your time on it. You need to get through the first chunk of 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 the, of the series before I think it really gets excellent. But but uh, but then it gets going. So check it out. I well, thanks everybody for listening again. Um, you can find us in the usual spots: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, um, the Patreon, of course. Uh, and 11oClockComics.com where you can get this episode as well as our past episodes. So that's about it. Uh, someone's going to say goodnight. Good night. <sighs> David. Oh. Sort of, uh, short and sweet. I'm not going to go through all that. I'm just going to say goodnight. David. That's fine. (laughs) Whatever. Didn't want you to sit there with your stopwatch and act like you were all good at it. Well, I also didn't want to get out of breath. We haven't all lost 50 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) We will talk to you all soon. Uh, Next week, we have something special lined up. Serious. For um, all of those of you who, who who are like, why the fuck aren't they talking about comics this week? We'll Trust <laughs> us, you old heads. We will make up for bron- it next week. If you're a Bronze Age Marvel fan, next week's your shtick. It's a DC. But yes, yeah, we are. We, I, 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 am, yeah. I, I am I excited. Of, I think of it as Marvel because I grew up in yes. Marvel. But yes, yes, I understand that. If you're a Bronze Age comic fan, yeah. this will be a uh, little, oh. little journey. Yeah. Awesome. You will have you you will enjoy it. Um, I know that uh, it's weird. There was there was some big news that happened today that 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 Jason posted on the Slack. We obviously didn't get to talk about it tonight, or at least Jason and Hassan didn't get to talk about it tonight. And it really doesn't fit in with our guest next week. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll try. Oh to find yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It's, it, you're talking, of course, about the news. I posted it in in, in on the Facebook group um, and and on the Slack. But uh, it was announced today that Blackstone, which for those of you that don't know, Blackstone is one of the largest private equity firms in the world. They have seven hundred billion dollars in assets. Um, they are killers. Uh, very much. Uh, if you were to look up capitalism in the dictionary, uh, you would probably see a picture of Blackstone headquarters. Uh, mm-hmm. They, along with Jay-Z's Rockefeller Nation, have affected a, a buyout, a private buyout of the, um, the, the parent company who owns CGC. Um, uh, and for 500 million bucks, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's probably, I don't know if it's getting a lot of press in the, in, in the comic circle so much, but, uh, I saw it on Bloomberg, um, in my, my day job, if you will, and was like gobsmacked by it because from my vantage, you know, you might be saying, well, who cares who owns the, the company that charges money to grade stuff? But but I, I do think it's it's and, and listen, if you are the majority of people who listen to our show and, and do not um, currently seek out or collect high grade slabbed books or 
um, collectible trading cards or collect comic art. Yeah, it's, this is probably much too bad nothing for you. But if you're one of the people who are into those things directly or tangentially and have been wondering when and, and why we've seen just astronomical rises in prices and and whether that's going to burst as a bubble or if it's sustainable or if it can go higher, I would say that today's news makes me a lot more confident that whether this is a bubble or not, we haven't seen the top um, because oh, I, I, what? I was going to say, I agree with you. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely love to hear your take too. I was just going to say that. And the reason I think that is because I have in, again, in my day job, I'm very familiar with Blackstone. I know people that work there. I have immense respect for them, but, but beyond my respect for them individually, uh, uh, in terms of any given deal that they do, I just I can't emphasize enough people that aren't in the finance world. Blackstone doesn't do a deal like this, which is, by the way, relatively small for them. I mean, it's a small five hundred million is a small deal for them. They don't do a deal like this if they don't think that the collectibles market is a massive center of profit for years to come. Like they aren't doing this like on a whim. They're not doing this because they're the kind of people that get caught up in a frenzy and want to be a part of it. Like they're doing this because they think, that we're at the tip of the iceberg in terms of the value that people will put on higher graded, vetted, um, you know, guaranteed value collectibles. That uh, and, and so, by proxy, I can only conclude that a lot of very, very wealthy, very important people are just getting their feet wet in this, and you know that cuts both ways. It's it's great news if you're like many of us and have collectible back issues already in your closets or your, your, your comic rooms and you have comic art already and you have old comics in great condition. This is great news for you because again, I think that means the values go higher over time. If you're still actively collecting those things or you like one day aspire to have certain grail issues of comics that you don't yet have and hoped at some point you'd be able to afford them. It's pretty bad news for you. I think mm-hmm. so. It depends on, and, and I think for most of us who already have stuff like that and are still hoping to have more of it, you know, cuts both ways. But I will say that, uh, that, that it, I do think it does speak to the fact that, um, you know, this idea that collectibles and the stuff that we're nostalgic for really do have a permanent place as an alternative asset is pretty much like we got that proof today. And, uh, you know, and again, I realize that people that are listening to this, it probably isn't pertinent to 90% of you just, you could care less. But, you know, we have a non, you know, we have a pretty sizable subgroup of, of EOCers who are super, super into this stuff, uh, you know, myself included. Um, so I do think it's it's big news. And I want to credit Felix Liu, our friend and, and art dealer extraordinaire for he couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better um, than him. So I won't. He said today we got confirmation that the real money walked in the door. And and I think he's exactly right. You know, now, this is now the this is now the our little nerd world has now got the interest of billionaires, uh, and so you know prepare yourselves for whatever that means. My recommendation, if there's anything that in the art or the comic world, uh, and this would go for like trading cards too, but we're not really a trading card show uh, that you're interested in <laughs> and you want to own as a collector and you like want to have forever, and you don't own it, buy it now, <laughs> buy it now if you can afford it because because it's. You know, it's probably not going to get cheaper. So 
don't know if you have anything you you any if you had any thoughts, uh, Hassan or Dap, but but that's that's kind of my 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 take on this whole thing. Well, as soon as I heard the news, I did buy it, but some more back issues that I was wanting to buy, I was like, they're going to go up in price. So I, I went and, and to your point. Um, so I I agree with you. I think where the prices recede now is probably the floor. Um, and I think people keep thinking of, because of the 90s, oh, things are going to burst, things are going to burst. I don't see that happening anytime soon. And to your point, real money came in. And this notion, I think, we're always pessimistic about the industry. And I think you guys talked about that on the show before. Uh, we're one of the few, like, it's, we're always so interested in how the health of the industry versus if I watch TV, I could care less the health of the the network I'm watching, I just want a good program. But for some reason, I care about the health of the comic book industry. Or you're like, you don't um, lose your shit if like a show gets canceled. You're like, oh, I got canceled. Okay, I yeah. want something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here, a show, a, a comic book gets canceled, which by the way happens all the time. It happened all the time in the 70s, 60s, 80s. But now when it gets canceled, it's big news. But I think this, on top of, yeah, Penguin Random House uh, and Marvel doing a deal to distribute their books, tells me that. Comic books is there's a lot of money to be made in comic books because these guys like Random House not won't sign a deal with Marvel unless they think they can make money, right? Yep. Yeah, good point. Yeah. But to your point, this deal they're not coming here to make like oh let's make an extra two percent. They or even ten percent. They're looking to have a huge return on their um, on their investment. They think there's a lot of money here. And these are smart guys. Um, and I think that it, in some cases, it tells me that the industry is much healthier than people think it is. And I think Jason, you also posted both on the Facebook and on the Slack last year's sales, and they were great in, in yeah, terms of comic yeah. books and graphic mm -hmm. novels. Um, and so I, I, I just think that it does mean that if you want to buy back issues, I, I just, you know, like when we go back to cons, I'm not even sure there'd be a dollar bin anymore. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, I, because I, I, you never know what's in those dollar bins. Uh, there, are, I used to like once a year I purge my collection because I, you know, I have a space uh, constraint like most people, and and so I promised my wife, oh, let me go through my collection and get rid of stuff, and I normally get rid of stuff that I know I don't really care to keep, and they're not that valuable. Because I'm too lazy to sell comics on eBay, uh, I don't really have time. But now I'm putting them in a box because stuff that I thought was not valuable a couple years ago are now very valuable. So it, I, it's just crazy the back issue market. You know, I pay attention to it because um, there's certain, like to your point, there's certain runs that I still want to collect, and I now think that some of these runs that I want to collect, I won't be able to do. Like I missed my chance of buying Uncanny uh, Giant Size uh, X, Uncanny X Men or Giant Size X Men One. I missed my chance. It's way too expensive now. I've got one for sale if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I exactly. I think. I mean, that's the thing, and I and I know it's tough for people to. A good friend of ours, uh, we mentioned him, Arnie, another another longtime friend of the show and patron. He he has a near complete Spider-Man run, um, and I, I you guys maybe know. I, I think he might have all of ASM, right? Like he's just like like Amazing Fantasy 15 is all he needs, right? 
Um, I think so. I know he needs yeah. that. He might need one more issue of Amazing. Okay, yeah, because I know he finally got yeah. Spider-Man number one. And, you know, to, to, to and this is bad news for him, right? Because, like, it's important to him to finish that. And it's like his spirit journey. And, and ASM 15 was already an exorbitantly expensive issue. And, and it's, you know, it's 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 not going to get cheaper. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, but, but, but I do think the good news is, is that, is that, uh, I think more people have things already in their possession than don't, you know, and, 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 you know, even with like you, Hassan, like, yeah, I mean, giant size is going to be an extremely expensive get at this point, but you have lots of other things that, that I think oh, yeah. you could trade, you know, I mean that like, it's not like, it's not impossible to, um, I mean, the nice thing is it's it's like it's like real estate, right? If it's if if you have a home that's going up a lot, then you can sell it and buy something else. It's so if you already have stuff in your collection that's worth something, you know, then at least you could theoretically swap it for something you really want. And, and you know, some people have asked me, well, why are you so excited about the art market? Because it's not like the art market gets slabbed or graded, and and you're right, it doesn't. But and this is where Felix and I were talking today. But but it's all tied in together, right? Like they're inextricably linked. The, the people that are willing to spend money on a twenty thousand dollar slabbed comic book are the same people willing to spend money on on artwork. It's it is the same group of collectors, and in fact, a lot of people in the last two two years in particular are selling their high end comics to move into artwork. So it, it is all very you know one one raises the other for sure. So um, it's it's just the nature of collectibles. And by the way, because it's not a world we transverse in. I mean the 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 the, the trading card market is 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 the like dwarfs the comic market in terms of the value value jump we've seen. Um, you know, for for years uh, we talk about the collapse of the comic market. Well, a big part of the comic market collapsing, even though we like to say death death of Superman and all that, was also because of trading cards. Um, all the stores started carrying trading cards, and and the trading cards were just an absolute bubble. They were they were overproduced and uh, and counterfeited and and just 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 destroyed destroyed a lot of stores and um because of that that market was dead for like 15 20 years and it's come roaring back to the point where um i, I another collector a comic collector i know uh, i won't say his name because i don't know if he wants this out there but he he was also into trading cards he was able to buy he he bought michael jordan rookie cards and he's a wealthy person he bought michael jordan rookie cards for twenty thousand dollars uh a year and a half ago and sold them for hundreds of thousands of dollars each this year i mean we we've michael michael jordan mint michael jordan cards rookie cards are now going for over a million dollars and like that's and, and again i know these numbers seem ridiculous and i know twenty thousand dollars isn't expensive for a car but like think about if you bought something that was worth 50 times what you bought it for two years later um and it's not like one person bought it it's not like one guy bought them and people like 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 multiple michael jordan rookie cards have sold for over a million dollars recently so like it's just it's a it's one of those once in a generation step ups in value that uh, not many people see coming. And then once it's here, there's a bit of a frenzy to participate. And, you know, all I'll say about that is be careful. And, and, and if you're going to buy something now, be careful. You're not like, don't buy it. Cause you think it's a great investment. Like buy it mm-hmm. cause you really want it. And it would kill you if it got more expensive and you couldn't afford it down the road. That's the kind of thing you should be thinking about now. Like, is there something that you can afford now and would just make you eternally happy to have for a long period of time forward? That's what you should be thinking about. Like, don't, I think the time when like you start buying books and 
getting them sent to CGC to slab and make a mint, I think that that market is largely closed because there's already a lot of people that are way ahead of you doing that. So, so you're telling me my punchline uh, first appearance? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, like, uh, Neesman chimed, chimed in today. And he's like, "Oh, because he's trying to be a smartass," and he's like, "Oh, you mean my my X Force number ones back in uh, are worth something?" And I'm like, "Actually, they are." I mean, you know, they X-Force, are. They are actually. Yeah, X Force number one isn't isn't worth thousands of dollars, but a, a, a an in a mint in bag X Force number one now is worth seventy eighty bucks. So like, if you have ten of them sitting around, it's eight hundred bucks. If you don't care about them, sell them. I mean, right? Like that's real money. So yeah, it's spawn spawn back issues are very hot now too. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and look, I mean, some yeah, of this is yeah. trendy, right. Like like it's not all gonna. It's not like it's all, but but you know, there are definitely trendy things. But I mean, just in terms of. Uh, you know, listen, and 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 we we all have our limits. I mean, I, I I see art getting bought for prices today that baffle me, and I'm like, what? You know, because I think it's shit art. But 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 hey, I mean, it is what it is, man. Get get what you love, buy what you love. That's the rule. Yes, you'll never go wrong then, because like you know, I um, you know, uh, Andy Robbins, another another patron who we met through Felix, and because Andy's got a legendary comic collection, he's got this this rule, the Andy Robbins rule, which is, uh, and he already owns. He says, if the market fell out tomorrow, we had a huge recession, and and this art was worth fifty percent what I paid for it, would I still be happy to have it? And I think that's a great litmus test for this kind of stuff. Like, would you be cool with still having it if it was worth half what you paid for it? And uh, you'd be surprised how many people would say no, and then you probably shouldn't buy it, or you should sell it now, you know. But if it's yes, then like, and I think about that a lot with my art. Like, if if my art was worth half what I paid for it, very almost almost in its entirety, I'd still be thrilled to have it, you know. So, I guess I really got to get that uh, Teen Titans number nineteen from the the nineteen sixty six series. Yes, you do. <laughs> Yes, we're going to do some high-end back issue in diving at the cons in the next few months because it's now or never. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, we went long. We did. We did. We don't have the yes. producer. Let's wrap it up. So we, so we, and, and we ended it with some more comic slash collectibles talk. So this was good. All right. Hassan, my dude, thank you so much Thanks for so uh, hanging out with oh, us. Oh, this has been fun, guys. Uh, I realized, Austin, we forgot we 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 forgot a show. What? We forgot uh, we forgot secession. Neither well, one of us mentioned know, it. I, I didn't mention it because it's, it's only two seasons out. Yeah, and it's still going on. Point, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but but yeah, oh, that secession, the, the Brian Cox. Show? Yeah, that's the one with uh, with, with Macaulay Culkin or whatever. Kieran Culkin, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kieran Culkin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based yeah. on the Cox. Yeah, it's pretty much based it's on the Murdochs. Yeah, the Murdochs and the other conservative family empire media yeah, conglomerate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's it's another yeah, HBO it, show that's extremely well written, well acted, uh, rooting for people that you really shouldn't be rooting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't mess. I don't mess with that old billions. I don't mess with those. Yeah, I know it hits a little close to home, but yeah, I told you I watched that first episode, <laughs> and I was like, I had literally had a discussion with one of my guys about the. The very same thing that week, and I thought, nope, come out. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's, I mean, but to your point, it, it's, it's like you root for people that you really shouldn't be rooting for. 
Well, thank you, Hassan. Thank you, audience. Thank you, Dap, for producing this beautiful episode. Well, we have probably heard it say the episode will be. Uh, well, I guess it's silly to say that because they won't they won't know until they listen. I was going to say it'll be out later than uh, than a bit later than normal because Vince Vince is a maniac. And yeah, up. it'll it'll be out after you'll be able to get it after the sun is up. Yeah, yeah, yes. But hopefully, in time for you to listen to it while you're grilling your July Fourth burgers and dogs. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Or if you're in the UK, <laughs> happy Sunday. Oh, yeah, happy Canada Day. But, but to our Canadian friends, uh, I hope you had a wonderful Canada Day. Some of us wish we could be Canadian. Big time. <sighs> Bye. That's it for that one. <laughs>